I got one more day out of Leroy, that's it. Niners are expecting a huge heroin shipment of carbines for protection. What happens if those mines crash that dope party with Leroy's M4s? We lose all the Niner business, buy ourselves a huge black. That ain't gonna happen. These Mexi assholes come into our territory. They steal from us. They shit on our livelihood. And I don't care who we gotta grease or kill. I want those Gun. damn guns back. Me and Chibs will pull together all our current intel on the mines. Juice, start hacking into crime databases. Get addresses and name mines in the system. Wherever you find those guns, Bobby, I want a fat man and little boy arranged in that goddamn place. Bobby's got Tahoe this weekend. No, I'm canceling that shit. No, man. Yes, I Come on, Bobby. You got two ex-wives already spent the goddamn casino checks. Last thing we need is PIs and lawyers camping out out front. And who's gonna handle the pyro? I'm not there. Nobody blows up shit better than Opie. Opie's leaning right these days. Opie's gonna lean any way we need him to. You get him on board. Welcome to episode 128 of Gundam at MAHQ. This is Chris, and I'm joined as always by my partners in crime, Solbro and Neo. Say hello, gentlemen. The saga continues. Where's Wallace? <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> you said partners in crime, so I was like, no, nah, Wallace is at the Fruitvale Station. <laughs> yes. I discovered oh, that really? this week. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, the, the, the question that everybody's been asking for how long will, how long was the wire on for and how long ago? Well, these many years has now been answered. <laughs> yes. So, so if, you have, if you have Fruitvale Station showing at a theater near you, go see it. Uh, the kid who plays Wallace is in it. There you go. <laughs> That question is done, so no more Where's Wallace jokes on don't, Gundam. Don't, don't ask String. <laughs> you'll, you'll get no answers. String Stacker? <laughs> I like to call him Stacker Bell. <laughs> there you go. That's not a bad name. So in this episode, we are going to have two topics on cue. The first will be a uh, wrap-up on the uh, recent anime mecha series Gargantia on the Verderous Planet. Mm-hmm. We will be discussing our thoughts on that 13-episode series. And then after that, we are canceling the apocalypse to give you our long-awaited review of Guillermo del Toro's robot masterpiece, Pacific Rim. Woohoo! Yeah! So before we get into any of that, though, I'm going to kick it over to Neo at the uh, Larry King Memorial News Desk. You are the king! You are the king! To give us all of the latest news. So take it on for us, sir. Thank you, Chris, for that. And coming to you from the Larry King Memorial Studio, this is Neo. And this is going to be doing some Neo's Listener's Mid News articles. And always, you can post those on the Neo's Listener's Mid News articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk Forum. But before I begin, I'm going to do something. I'm going to use a word that Chris loves to hear. A little bit of disruption. Oh. A little bit of disruption. Um, we're going to kind of 
break it up with the news, and I'm just going to tell you guys this. Uh, there's going to be probably some changes to the thread, and so keep up, keep on the lookout for that. We're going to kind of keep get things a little bit more concise, a little bit more focused. Uh, love the participation, but sometimes uh, these last few months or so, we've been getting some things that may or may not necessarily been things that we need to really discuss, and maybe they should be in something, another venue that has a better way of discussing them i.e. other podcasts or blogs so nothing against anybody but we're just going to do a little bit of disruption disrupt you Chris you're disrupted (laughs) (laughs) your Wednesday has been disrupted I'm okay with disruption as long as it's in a purely non-Silicon Valley context well good thing because we're non-Silicon Valley so um, but uh, yes and thank you for that and uh, first article here comes from Poster Strike Zero and this is just going to be a quick one he's got a link here and I think everybody's heard about this and it's going to BBC but yes this makes the robot apocalypse even more uh, prevalent and probably going to happen um, it's got a little article about that unmanned drone that made the carrier landing <laughs> on the U.S. carrier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, the Navy's X-47B drone that uh, that uh, touched down on the uh, USS George H.W. Bush. So, um, yeah, fun, fun time. Mobile doll time. So uh, <laughs> if, there, if, if Private Trace Kushranat is out there, I, I'd probably keep an eye on him. So because uh, you never know, he might he might uh, create some uh, little, little organization and then, and then take over things. So thank you, Mr. Strikes. Zero, strike zero for your submission. Oh, the next one here comes from Flamex. And man, I wish this was first, but it's just not. But at least it's second. This is a survey news alert. Yes, a survey news alert. This is coming from Yahoo. So, wow, they got they got some uh, clicks today. Then it's saying that Michael Bay survey has cast Chinese star Han Gen in Transformers 4. So this is like the second big Chinese actor that they've cast in this movie. So hmm, I think there might be a theme in this one. You think in, you think in Pan-Pacific Asian region? Maybe uh, <laughs> some of the things going to happen there, guys? I don't know. Hey, man, they want their red money. <laughs> yes, they do. Hey. Be nice. <laughs> but yes, I guess he is uh, Mr. Han Gen. Is one they of the want most- that money from Red China and they'll do anything for it. <laughs> Han Gen is one of the most influential entertainers in in China. So, um, and I know that they had another person. It was a woman. I forget what her name was. It was I'm trying to search here. Something Li Ling or something. But she was also another huge uh, China. Oh, Li Bingbing. Li Bingbing. Bing. Bing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bingbing. So yes, and of course. Uh, Surbay's masterpiece will be released next year, and it's going to have Mark Wahlberg, Stanley Tucci, <laughs> Kelsey Grammer, Grammer, and uh, Chinese actors Han Gen and Li Bingbing, and plus uh, um, uh, large parts of metal just going all over the place. Of course, all to Chris's enjoyment. <laughs> so thank you, Mister. S- uh, Flame X. I, call, I was going to call you Sir Bay X, but uh, <laughs> Sir Bay X. Sir Bay X. <laughs> Is that his doppelganger? <laughs> We've lost yes. Sir Bay. We can't make any blockbusters. Luckily, we made Sir Bay X. We cloned uh, Sir Bay X. <laughs> and thank you for that Sir Bay news alert. Next one here comes from the most evil of all the Australians, Vent Noir. And he's got a little link here. And, and for all you gaming fans and all you fans of Armored Core, and I know that's a big mecha game, mm-hmm. um, it's got, he's got the link here going to the Anime News Network. Um, the Armored Core Verdict Day's second English trailer has just posted. So if you go there and click on it, 
you'll be able to see it. And I just looked at it not too long ago, and it looks just like all Armor Core, which is still pretty cool. So uh, if you're into that, I'm sure you're excited. And thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for your submission, and um, watch out for those dingoes. Uh, next one here comes from, boom, Vent Noir again, man. And he's got a, he's got a link here, and I guess this is pretty apropos for our one of our topics today. And I'm not going to go too much into this, but I, I'm, I know that uh, Chris has seen this. I don't know if Solbro has. You might just want to mention one or two of your favorites if you like. But um, there's an article on io9 about, like, the four, uh, there was a project about four-string Jaegers and Pacific Rim. <laughs> and people were making up. You know, like they were taking like the the concept art or, or some of that line art, and well, you know, it's not the concept art; it's the uh, the Jaeger generator from the Pacific Rim website there you that go. you can custom color and put different uh, weapons on and put a name on it. So they've just been sure. having fun with that. Yeah, one of them is Macho Man Randy Savage. So I mean, <laughs> one one that I enjoyed uh, is one from America called uh, Swiggity Swaiju. Let's kill some kaiju. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at what it says. Not Evangelion, damn it. <laughs> Either that or probably the, the other one. Mega Dinklage. Oh, my God. Mega Dinklage? <laughs> I also enjoyed uh, Diarrhea Touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> along with uh, Padawan Dick Shark. Well, I'm, I'm looking at what it's called. Cock Knocker. Cock spelled C-K-O-C-H. <laughs> and, and, and just like any any uh, military force, you usually have a chaplain in there, and they have one for here from Vatican City, the Genuflectorator. Nice. <laughs> or my personal favorite, uh, Wrangler J Christmas Tits. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah, I, this, I'm, I'm loving Buzz Hall McKill Count. Actually, <laughs> one that I found last night, that I think is probably the funniest. You got to go. You got to scroll down a little bit for it. Mm-hmm. But it is, and, the, and let me just do. That, and this will be our final one. But this one's very appropriate. It is. Where are you? Gosh, this is a lot of. Con- <laughs> but I remember seeing it last night. Up oh, the JJ Abrams, and, it's, and it's very, right? the tagline is "Flare, we win." So. <laughs> Yeah, I, <laughs> and it actually had lens flare on the photo. So thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for your submission there. Uh, next one here comes from EA Net Dude. Oh wow, mm-hmm. this goes into something we talked about last week. Oh, uh, Yoshiyuki Tamino. You guys have heard him, right? I think never heard of him. Don't like him. Who the hell is that? <laughs> heard of this guy? He's done a few films. He's done a few. Films. <laughs> you know, whatever. But. Um, uh, I know we talked about it last episode about his G Reiko project, but the official title has been released, and it's called G's Reconquista. I guess that's Reconquista. how you Reconquista. Reconquista. Yeah, that's it. Reconquista. So yeah, it was announced on July 5th of this year, and um, so yeah, the show is scheduled to broadcast August 16th. So um, well, we got the name. So. Here's for some excitement, as long as it's not Wings of Rian. You sure about that broadcast date, or is that a trailer? Uh, let me see. Did I did I read that wrong? Are, are you are you questioning my? <laughs> what do you think you are, Will McAvoy? Oh, I'm about to pontificate about some things that I just know everything about. Let me tell you about the Glass Steagall Act again. It, it, it says here show is to be show is uh, scheduled to be broadcast on yeah. August sixteenth, twenty thirteen. Yeah. 
what? I don't know about that because Smino was just talking about how behind he is. So, well, it uh, says here, okay, on July 15, 2013, Tamina uh, and related staffs were attending a recording of NK TV show called Shibuya Anime Land, where the official title of the latest anime project was released. Parentheses, show is scheduled to be broadcast uh, August 16th. So I guess it's that show, but this is a horribly written article. Yeah. So uh, thank you. Okay, thank you. so yeah. I, based on what he was saying, like, oh, we haven't even done yeah. the storyboards yet. I did not think that this show would be starting this year. So. Yeah. so so, not too much hate on the boards. I'm not a complete idiot. I'm just reading <laughs> what was up there, and it was a little confusing. So It, it, it goes on to say that it, it was hinted that this new anime series will be broadcasted on spring of next year, 2014. Sound. So still up in the air, but uh, it looks like it's, it's around the corner from the sound of it. And thank you, Mr. Joe J. McGuanche, for <laughs> For, uh, for checking the facts there. <laughs> You're welcome. Checking the facts. <laughs> and Bet Noir again here. And oh, oh. And this is Solbro, are you sitting down? Are oh, you I am. Sitting down? S- stand I up am. and then sit down again. Yes. All right. I'm and doing it. And then spin around. <laughs> put your left foot in and your left foot out. But um, this is from the Anime News Network. And there's Uh-oh. going to be a Robotech <gasps> slash Voltron. <gasps> crossover comic yeah man i have a light entertainment has announced (laughs) that they're going to do a crossover comic book series between robotech and voltron Mm -hmm. oh my god you know what else there is what's that and maybe soul brewing you here a robo lawsuit oh i heard about that too yes yes Yes. But um, just 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 to touch upon this crossover, the very first thing I ever wrote as a fanfic oh, was a oh. Robotech Voltron crossover when I was eight years old. We're talking nineteen eighty six. Was this on a stone tablet? It was. It was. It was. We 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 was we, it on we papyrus. Painted, we we painted it as a hieroglyphics on okay. the wall. <laughs> But Rick, me and my friend Robert, when we were kids, Rick man, would fall in love with Princess. Oh, dude, it was ridiculous, <laughs> and it, I was eight, and it was terrible. <laughs> so, I, 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 I look, and, I, I look at this with a, with a. Just what's answer, that? answer me one question in your fanfic. Oh, okay. I need to know just this one thing. Oh, what's that? Still have it? Did, did Ben Dixon get to eat his steak? He did. He did. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, have- nobody. Oh God! I wrote that on like elementary no. school paper. No, I, I don't have it. I oh God! No. I wish parents, I did. Sometimes parents keep those things, man. So. I, I'd have to ask my mom, but uh, oh, if she dude, kept ask it, her. seriously, <laughs> this would be a special because if you get that, we do a dramatic please, reading of it. Immediately oh. mail it to me. Oh my God! And <laughs> I will read. It. So everybody, all listeners out there on the Facebook and Twitter, keep uh-huh. reminding Solbro to ask his mom if he still has his Robotech slash Voltron fan. I, I, I want to. I want to play the role of Robotech narrator. Oh, oh if, my God. If, if I get that script, auditions are open, and yeah, <laughs> I, I would have to ask. I would have to ask the guy. Um, what's his name? Um, Andrew. Andrew. Um, the dude that runs a pretentious internet theater to, to, to guest spot on our show just to read that shit. Because that's, that's his forte. He reads bad fanfics all the time. And, and it would just be the worst. Oh, my God. I, I'll ask her. I hope she doesn't have it. I hope to God <laughs> that she has this. This would just be – it would make my day. Oh so thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for your submission. And thank you, Solbro, for your revelation. And- <laughs> That is just too much. Oh, oh my God. Gosh. Arbiter Gundam is here. <gasps> he must be back on the good side of Macross World because he's got a link to Macross World. And all of those lucky enough to go to Otakon 2013. 
guess what you might be able to see? What's that? Well, maybe going to see Shinichiro Watame, Wananabe. He's going to attend that. And Yoko Kano. And Otakon is in good old B-more, Baltimore. So watch out. <laughs> yeah, old, old McNulty Town. <laughs> Is it is it, I, is, is, is how many blocks down from Hamsterdam is it from? <laughs> got your WMD. He's got the WMD right here, yo. <laughs> Just ask people where where's Wallace at. <laughs> Dude, if I if I if I ever go to Otakon, that that would be the shirt I would wear the whole time. Where's Wallace? And people would probably love that. If you walk around Baltimore, people would be going crazy because I mean. Baltimore is what, like three steps away from Detroit? I mean, it's it's pretty bad, so they don't have much to laugh at. But yeah, um, Otakon's going to be held uh, August 9th through the 11th. So all those that are um, uh, fortunate enough to go, uh, check those guys out there. So uh, thank you, Mr. Arbiter Gundam. And I guess you're you're getting that half of 1% gonna check of... His, he's going to check uh, his PayPal accounts PayPal. <laughs> after this episode airs. <laughs> yes! Yes, I got five clicks. Yes! Nice. <laughs> so, oh, I guess I'll hit this one just because I feel bad that it's and it's got a robot in it. So what the hell? Rodimus mm-hmm. seventy six here as a post, and at the uh, recently at San Diego Hollywood Con because I don't even call it Comic Con anymore because it's Hollywood Con. Mm-hmm. Um, it was released that in Avengers two, Electric Boogaloo, the Villain is going to be. Who do you think? Who do you think the villain is going to be? I'm oh. thinking. Uh, the, uh, I'm thinking Batroc the Leaper. <laughs> <laughs> or the Beetle. <laughs> if yeah, only. Beetle. If only, Beth. No. Oh well, Batroc the Leaper is in the next Cat movie, just for the record. But oh, get out of town. Well, oh, that makes sense because he is a he is a villain that we're back, um, back to this because right. at the end of Avengers, mm-hmm. saw that end credit scene right after the credits mm-hmm. oh you mean uh, the anti-hulk the anti- <laughs> <laughs> and we saw that and it's like oh that looks like thanos so he's gotta be the villain in adventures too well wrong it's been announced <laughs> it is now going to be called the age of ultron and this kicks ass because one ultron's a badass robot and it's mm-hmm. going to make me scared as hell watching this movie and of course oh, yeah. i will be cheering for the avengers straight up and down but and also uh, clutching the robot tomes the whole time. Oh, my God. I'll, they'll probably be like, sir, you can't bring this stuff in. <laughs> can't bring in all these tchotchkes. <laughs> I'm sitting there with my, my Sir, Apple. you can't come into this movie theater covered in your own filth. <laughs> with a beard that's down to the floor. Yes. <laughs> well, that means I'm in the past. It, no, mustache is past. Beard is future. Sorry. Indeed. Just trying Indeed. to get that, that whole yeah, time. It's future because it's 2015. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to get that whole time continuity there. Yeah, <laughs> Where my this. Admiral Adama specs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's announced that the villain's going to be Ultron, and that kicks pretty major ass. So um, hopefully um, it'll be as good as everyone thinks it's going to be. So What's wild about that... Um, What's wild about it? Well, um, What's wild talk, about it, Wallace? They talked... <laughs> They talked to Joss Whedon and asked him, since you're introducing um, Ultron, does that mean that uh, Hen- Henry- Hank Pym is going to be in the next movie? And he confirmed that no, Hank Pym will not be in that, um, that Avengers movie at all. So they're going to either find a new way to introduce violation, Ultron. Violation! 616 violation! Violation! Or, 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 oh, ruin my childhood! <laughs> my, speculation, 
my oh, speculation oh, 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 is since they're since they're since they are mark this everyone indeed my speculation is because they do have an ant-man movie um in the works it's coming in gen i guess uh uh series three of the avengers movies that they're going to retroactively explain ultron um and how he comes to being um in 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 that movie as opposed to having that movie having the uh, uh, the this uh, go ahead what other very intelligent guy that we've already been introduced to and i know that's also another speculation well let me tell you let me tell you son why you're already wrong all right go ahead go ahead kill me because Josh Whedon said <laughs> mm-hmm. that we need to simplify things and work with the Avengers we already have, and we ain't oh. doing Hank Pym. And uh, there's things that need to be put aside because there's stuff that works in comics that doesn't necessarily work in movies. So you're overthinking things. And well, my bet is one of two things mm-hmm. it is a creation of Tony's Gone Awry, mm-hmm. or it is a creation based on tech stolen from Tony. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. More Armor Wars kind of type of deal. Yeah. Yes, you could certainly go down yeah. that Armor Wars route, but given that we already have a uh, genius robot inventor guy, mm-hmm. why not just stick with that for the sake of these movies? Yeah, because how much of a step up from the Mark 42 would be Ultron? I think, I think the, the, the and, learning... And Jarvis. <laughs> and Jarvis, yeah. So I, th- I think that could work. So... But thank you, Mr. Rodimus76, for your submission. Next one here comes from Wielder, and it's been announced. And this doesn't really surprise me because I kind of figured this, but um, it's in the Anime News Network. But the final Gundam UC volume of the anime series, uh, uh, Episode 7, is going to be extended to about... 90 minutes. Thank so, God. Yeah, so Which at least we won't... 90 minutes of wall-to-wall robot porn. Oh, yeah! <laughs> All the MSVs you can count. And, and, and this one will have MSV <laughs> POV. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it, was, uh, it was announced uh, June 4th that uh, they're going to be going about 90 minutes or so. So it's going to be... But you're going to have to wait for that seventh and final volume to be released next spring so um there How you go dare they make the fans wait and they Ooh. should be releasing that now <laughs> they actually should, they should have, to watch it oh. they want me to buy more volumes when they said it was going to be six and now it's seven oh <laughs> well, I'm, the, I'm the fan i got the power oh mom where's my toaster strudels oh <laughs> toaster strudels <laughs> Oh my god. Sometimes you like breakfast at night. I mean, I'm sorry. Good shit. (laughs) Toaster strudels are good. They're damn delicious, man. (laughs) I'm hungry for one. Shit. I did something the other day. I had a fruit. I was like, I was like, man, I've never, I haven't had this craving in forever. I had to Lego my ego. I oh, was damn. Like, I got home from work and I'm like, what do I want to eat? I'm like looking at my refrigerator. I'm like, ah, I don't want this. I don't want that. It's like, yeah, it's good. But I'm like, oh, Eggo waffles sound amazing. So I, you, you, you sound when, like a college era Dale who would have waffles <laughs> at 3 a.m. for dinner. Nice. Well, nice. that was uh, college age Neo, too. <laughs> as long as he have a chicken with him. Hey, I, I, hey I'm a big, I think I like breakfast food. I just don't really like it at breakfast. I'm not a big mm. breakfast eater, but I like breakfast food. So I, I'm good for breakfast for dinner, too. I, I've done that several times, and it's, it's freaking awesome. But, it's, uh, it's, it's fourth meal. It's fourth meal indeed. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, but back to this. Yes, thank mm-hmm. you, Wielder, for your submission. And the last one here comes from, oh, we're closing this out with, oh, no, no, we're not closing this out. The second to last one. Sorry, sorry. Little news tease, Eric. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is from Evil Australian Vent Noir. And I think, uh, Chris, you need to change his name from High Matt Spammer to Evil Australian. I think that would be better. Damn. <laughs> I think that would be a better thing. <laughs> I put evil like quotes, you know, like cute. Um, mm-hmm. Or like the smiley on it or something. But uh, yes, he's got a link here to the Anime News Network. And I'm just going to say that the second full trailer for Code Geass, Akito the Exiled, is being streamed. So uh, definitely check that out. That's going to be coming out. Dude, Akko did it, and he did it. <laughs> well, he is, uh, you know he is what? He is in it. He is in it, and he did I'm, do it. Well, well shit. <laughs> Guilty as charged. Are you sure that's Suzaku and not Armoro? <laughs> oh, oh, damn. I don't know. <laughs> I see what Dude. you did there. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, but... Yes, so definitely uh, check that out, and thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for that. And I think code, God, I'm having a brain freeze on this. It's what August or September? Does that ne- uh, number two come out? September the 14th, from what I'm saying. Yeah, thank mm-hmm. you. So thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for your submission. Next one here, I've never seen this uh, poster before, so I guess this is a new one. Oh, and sit down, Solbro, because I guess so. This this is either you and Incognito. Or one of your uh, groupies, M one twenty one Akuma. Oh yeah, he's he submitted to Fighters Ready before. So. Yeah, shout out to him, man. Good yeah. stuff. Well, he goes here to uh, Tformers dot com. I guess this is the Transformers uh, website. All Transformers, all time, all. All heart and no, soul. No, it's actually teabag formers. Oh, 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 ouch! It seems like this website though is all heart and soul because I just see the I just see the little tab up on the top there. G one, you know, mm-hmm. it's that's when they were. That's when it wasn't about the toys. But uh, <laughs> damn, uh, I guess that old uh, San Diego Hollywood Con there was a crossover set that's uh, been now claimed for uh, between uh, Transformers and GI Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it, it says here. It appears that Hasbro's uh, San Diego uh, Hollywood Con uh, exclusive G.I. Joe meets Transformers has landed them in court with a lawsuit from Robotech distributors Harmony Gold USA. Oh, of course. Harmony yeah. Gold. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we want to be relevant. Look at us. Oh. Uh, Don't ignore us. Macross bad. Oh. It's reporting that the G.I. Joe and Transformers, the epic conclusion, violates Harmony Gold USA's Hollywood license on the anime animated Japanese series from which oh, the yeah. epic conflict originated. And I guess For it's one reason. The fact that Jetfire is on the cover. And not, not so much that, but that, that box that you're looking at, it actually contains uh you know those G.I. Joe F fourteens that they used to make that you put the figure in and whatnot? Yeah. What they did at Comic Con is they made a special Jetfire version of those F fourteens. Right. So and they just pretty much combined the two. It's kinda like what they did with uh Starscream a couple years ago, where they combined him with um right. with one of the Cobra planes and put Cobra Commander inside of it. It's the same thing, but with Jetfire and because Jetfire is based on the the Valkyrie. Harmony Gold apparently thinks they have a case because uh, yeah, because Harmony Gold is clearly putting out so many uh, toys right that are competing yeah. on the market and and will confuse consumers well, right guys because, right I, yeah. 
<laughs> I think you're wrong, Solbro. Mm-hmm. Jetfire is not based on the Valkyrie. He's mm-hmm. based on the Veritech. The Veritech, yeah. That was sorry. Uh-huh. I, yeah, I, I want I want to I want to yeah. I want to step ahead. Oh uh, yeah, it's based on the Veritech fighter that uh of course uh Harmony Gold has rights to because they own the Robotech license. So um because of mind. that in, the, in in their mind, but <laughs> they they do have at least some grounds, but I hope they lose because that's a cool ass toy. All I know is if you bought that toy, don't open that box cuz it's worth a shit ton now. <laughs> and wait and wait till after the the uh, legal proceedings are concluded then yeah. ebay it ebay Dude. that bad boy ebay the the oh, yeah. f out of that especially yeah. if if hasbro loses this that mess is going to be hard to find I, you know what i uh-huh. think um hasbro has considerably more resources to throw towards <laughs> lawyers than little old busted ass harmony gold they and their little shitty robotech sequels and their little real estate business so yeah. i'm certain go for it, hasbro to, they might have to put, they, might, they probably got to put a mortgage out on one of their properties to hire <laughs> you, a lawyer you, you, you know you know what would be a great way to end this lawsuit <laughs> mm-hmm. Hasbro's like yo harmony gold how much are you guys worth? <laughs> oh, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> oh, you're worth this much? You're bought. <laughs> you're bought. Lawsuit's hey, over. Yeah, End of story. <laughs> we'll, show, we'll show you how to make a Robotech series. Oh, damn. Good stuff. Good now stuff. now we might be getting into hope and dream territory, but it'd be funny if that happened. <laughs> and you never know. <laughs> That's the thing. It, it'd be a shit. very Bruce Wayne sort of way to end it. Like, oh, uh, Mr. Wayne, you, you can't have these like uh, these chicks you know, inside the fountain. How much is this hotel worth? I just bought it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and never think that somebody does, there's not enough of a price that somebody will take. So it, all it takes is just that right price and that right opportunity. So, you know, because what, two years ago, we never thought that uh, we always thought that George Lucas would die with Star Wars, owning Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew we'd be where we're at now? <laughs> uh, majority control to Disney. So <laughs> there's a, everyone has their price. But thank you, Mr. M121 Akuma, for your submission. And thank you, everyone, for all of your submissions. And if you have any uh, news articles that you'd like to submit, you can always go to the NEO's Listener Submitted News Articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mechatalk Forum. And like I said at the beginning of this, look for disruption. It it will happen. Back to you, Chris. (laughs) All right. So, uh, Silver, why don't you give us just one quick... Hope and dream for the road. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Must be. Welcome, guys, to the Hopers and Dreamers Corner. And if you ever want to submit a hope and dream, head on over to mechatalk.net, click on the Gundam form, and find a thread that's about the Hopers and Dreamers Corner and, and submit yours. The to one the that stinks of uh, naivete and optimism. The more naive, the better. <laughs> but um we just got one today and it's written by uh destiny underscore seed uh x shin and uh quite a complicated name but thank you for your submission <laughs> <laughs> he writes i hope for another great series from the cosmic era and for people to stop hating on the wonderful production that was c thank you um that, that's 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 <laughs> 
<laughs> well, they are doing the HD. They are doing the HD remaster, so there oh might be. I'm sure. I'm sure the movie's about to follow. Oh boy. Um, I, I think that's a tall order at this point because it's been so long. Um, I don't think that might be happening, but you can always hold out hope. Maybe uh, one of these days you might get something a, a little morsel, so maybe a five minute short or something, or maybe even the OVA. Who knows? But Chris, Speed movie confirmed for 2050. Uh, <laughs> it'll happen, guys. For real. <laughs> Oh, Every man. next gun that gets announced, I think it's going to be the Seed movie. I'm pretty sure of it, guys. It's hey, going to happen. Out, hold out hope. Hold out hope. Like I said, like I <laughs> we said, we know Chris is the, H, the HD re, the HD remasters came. They did all. They did all of Seed and all of Destiny. So there's got to be a reason why they did that. You, you never know. Right now, something. I'll throw this down. Go for it. Uh, the General's beloved Strike Noir will get mainstream recognition in a Gundam Extreme game before we ever get another Seed series or the Seed movie. So there you go. <laughs> that's funny. Chris has laid that, down the gambit. That's going to happen. <laughs> Chris has laid down the gambit. <laughs> but um, awesome. Um, if anything, thank you very much for your submission. Uh, uh, Destiny underscore Seed Action. And uh, that's it for the Hopers and Dreamers Corner. Back to you, Chris. All right. And we're going to take a quick break before we get right back into our review of Pacific Rim. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. Sumire. She went home. She said she only came here to see that you were all right. Damn, the babe's leaving already. You didn't tell her anything about me, did you? Let's see, I think I mentioned that you're so behind that you needed to take summer classes or else you'd fail out. And of course I let her know that you had severe diarrhea last night. You got a problem with that? What do the Anime Addicts Anonymous hosts think of My Little Pony? If you're a dude older than 12, <laughs> you really should not be watching My Little Pony. And if you are, go eat some chicken wings. Anime. I'd rather watch the Smurfs. Smurfette was hot. Addicts. I'm pretty sure I set a few My Little Ponies on fire when I was a, when I was a child. Anonymous. No, that's cool. I'm just saying, like, My Little Ponies burn real nice because they're made of plastic. Podcast. Visit us at aaapodcast.com, iTunes, Facebook, and live from Japan on Ustream.tv. Greetings, I am Andrew Cook, the host of Pretentious Internet Theater. Each month, I bring you the finest in literature that internet fan fiction has to offer. Join us, won't you, at tinyurl.com slash pitpodcast. Remember, there is much drama on the internet, but only the best makes Pretentious Internet Theater. What robots are you talking about? The Gundam Robots, John!
everyone. Welcome back uh, to Gundam and MHQ. And of course, we're with our first topic here the review of the long awaited, the long awaited release of Guillermo del Toro's Pacific Rim. Ooh. Yeah. I.e., large monster versus giant robot. And I was told before we started recording by the Gundam legal department that this will be a spoiler filled <laughs> review. And Apocalypse is canceled. So that's the spoiler. Woo! So Damn you. That's part of the <laughs> part of the legal ramifications there. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to um, thank our attorneys there at uh, you know uh, GM Gun Tank and Gun Cannon at, at Law. So thank you. Um, all right, Pacific Rim. We're gonna keep this short on the pot. Basically, we know what's going on. Large monsters called kaijus come up from a rift in the, on the floor of the Pacific Ocean, start attacking cities uh, within the Pacific region, i.e. Uh, the U.S., Asia, Russia, etc., Australia. Um, humanity has no way to combat these things. They build large 250-tall-plus giant robots to fight them. It starts working. The kaiju adapt. Uh, doesn't start working anymore. Lose a lot of Jaegers. The program gets canceled. Uh, the politicians say, hey, let's channel all the money into a large wall that's going to protect the people. Doesn't necessarily work. Uh, somehow, um, uh, Stringer Bell, i.e. the General uh, General Stacker Pentecost, Idris Elba, gets funding for like like 10 months or something like that. Let's all go to Hong Kong with our last, uh, last four Jaegers. And uh, final battle happens there. We got a plan. We're going to blow up things in the rift. And uh, the end. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Apocalypse canceled and the end. So that's basically the plot. So uh, I'm going to go first to Solbro. Um, we'll get into some finer plot points and some things. But overall, I just want your first impressions after watching uh, Pacific Rim. Man. Well, thank you for handing the mic over to me. Uh, <laughs> hey, you, ha- you have to be on point. This is um, this is this is by far. I'll this, sit, rapid, this is rapid fire uh, journalism. Hey, man! I, I, right off the bat, I want to say that this is by far my favorite movie of the summer. I'll put that right there on the table. Um, yeah, it, it's a huge love letter to all things uh, mecha and uh, um, monster movie um, related. When you look at um, the fact that uh, Guillermo is just a huge fan of, uh, of, of, of giant well, monster I movies. I don't, I don't really care about Guillermo. I want to know what were your impressions of the movie. Once oh. you were done, what uh, were the things that were going speak, through Soul Bro's brain? Uh, yeah, okay. I, I care less oh, about Guillermo wow, than pressure. No, I'm just saying. We know what he <laughs> Dance, wants. <boy>. Yeah. <laughs> Answer the question. Well, my impression. Cut off his mic. Answer the question. Cut off his mic. Answer the question. Yeah, I asked you. I was like, "What are your impressions of the movie?" And you're telling me about Guillermo del Toro. No, my, what, my, my impressions are your, what, what's overwhelmingly your mind that time. They're overwhelmingly positive, man. Uh, just watching the movie, uh, the, hearing the score first off the bat just made you feel right at home. Um, going into the beginning of the movie, how fast the exposition was on everything that came before, with the, where the kaiju war began. And um, uh, Rally Beckett's a whole whole uh, diatribe as to how everything broke down with um, how humanity struggle against the first kaiju and how the Jaegers came into being all the way up to uh, to how the war escalated was fascinating and fast. It reminded me of when I went to go see the second Incredible Hulk movie and how fast the exposition was on his or- on the on the Hulk's origins were at the beginning of that film. And I appreciated Hulk the smash. movie for it. exactly. I appreciated the movie for that because it got the ball rolling quick. And then it throws you into a couple of kaiju battles and how the damage that they lay out. But um, just 
watching the movie unfold, it, it's it's not the greatest movie when it comes to dialogue, but that was done on purpose, and a lot of people don't realize that when they go see the movie. So I didn't expect the dialogue to be completely strong or or to, to be to be to be uh, anything on the level of Deadwood or something <laughs> that's just eloquently written. But um, it's serviceable, and that's the point because when you watch monster movies like Godzilla and whatnot, that's how the dialogue is. You watch mecha anime, that's how the dialogue is. A lot of the characters in this movie fit certain molds. Stacker Pentecost, first off the bat, reminds me a lot of uh, Jamil Neat from uh, from Gundam X. You know, he's the battered pilot turned um, captain who you know runs a bunch of uh, hotshot pilots on his own, but he has his own backstory of being a pilot on the front lines himself. So that was really right. interesting to see. Um, and you have Mako and all these other characters, but the characters rank strong to me. I know a per- I know one of the biggest. Okay, okay, okay. What what are uh, okay. Uh huh. Those are your initial impressions. We'll get into characters and stuff in, in a little bit. I'm just I'm going to be doing this a little bit differently. So you got to you got to be on the go here. So oh, the, your, it's, it's, your it's, first it's, your impressions was it's an awesome movie. Go see. There you it. go. <laughs> Chris, first impressions when you first after you saw uh, Pacific Rim. It was everything I ever wanted in a mecha movie and more. That's how you answer a question. All right, Chris. Uh, next uh, next point. Um, what are some of the you know. We went very quickly through the plot here. Uh, what are some things that kind of stood out in the plot uh, that you know um, that maybe you liked or you didn't like, um, and um, you know how it all worked? So, well, the first thing that stuck out on this movie for me was thank God it's not an origin story. <laughs> yes, you I know, agree. thank God it wasn't. Oh, these weird things are attacking, and let's start up this program, and let's you know get this robot going and then it's got its big first battle and we got this you know pilot who doesn't know what's going on and then you know we beat back the monster and there's more coming but we'll be ready for him thank god that was not this movie yeah because that would have been stupid instead it's basically humanity's last moments because you know they've been beaten back because these kaiju just keep adapting these robots are really hard to maintain and they're really expensive and it's not easy to get pilots that uh, work together in unison to run these things. And, you know, they're desperate. I think this movie is best summed up at one point when Stacker says to, um, is it Raleigh or, or Rayleigh? I don't remember. Raleigh. Right Raleigh. 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 He says to him, um, you know, we're not the army anymore. We're the resistance now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which kind of shows you how desperate the situation is. And,. You know, I love that we had an international cast that it wasn't uh, go America, America, America. (laughs) You know, you've got an American pilot, but his co-pilot is a Japanese woman and they're being commanded by a black British guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you have Russians and Chinese and Australians and, you know, all sorts of people running around really showing that it's an effort of the world coming together and putting aside all of their petty politics and all of their stupid differences because this is an existential threat that surpasses all of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, the, they're called what the Pan Pacific defense forces and they truly are because it's, it's the, all the people that you see within the, uh, the forces, you know, the, the background people, the pilots and all that, they're all from these areas. So yeah, there's no, nobody's taking the lead on this one. It's humanity against Kaiju. So well, the thing that sticks out for me most, and this is something that we, we joked about before about there being, you know, a 
lead female pilot and you know that it, it takes a american movie directed by a mexican guy to have a japanese woman <laughs> be in control of a mecca but it really can't be um overestimated like what a big deal it was the way they did mako's character mm-hmm. because you know she she is a strong female in every sense of the word she's not there um, as fan service, she's not sexualized. She's not there as a love interest for Raleigh. She's, you know, there to do a job. She kicks ass. She takes names. You know, she's smart. She knows what she's doing, and she she's a, qualified to do what she's supposed to do. And she has a personal stake in the matter as well. Yeah, and she has the biggest backstory of all of the characters. This whole yeah. thing of the kaiju killing her parents and. You know, she gets raised by Stacker and she wants to fight to get revenge for her family. And it plays out in such a harrowing way, this flashback that you see of this, you know, young girl who does a really good job of just coming across as completely terrified as this kaiju is chasing her through Tokyo. And uh, you really see that sort of trauma and the effect it has on her and how it's the driving force behind what she does. How the scene is shot, too, man. When you see um, the fact that the camera stays on her quite a bit down at her level and how the scale they, they they purposely mess with the scale on you with that scene where you know it's just an overwhelming experience for her to be involved with that the, the and she's got her she's got her back turned to the kaiju like that somehow makes any difference mm-hmm. and she's just so scared and she's still holding on to that little shoe the little that she shoe. can't put on and then um the moment after that when it gets beaten and you see her walk over to uh the jaeger and I don't know about you guys, but this to me was such a Gundam Double O moment. Oh yeah! Oh god! When yeah. when Stacker gets out of the Jaeger and she just looks up at him like, <gasps> and the, and the sun's shining behind him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's, I'm thinking she's myself, definitely Setsna. Yeah. I'm thinking to myself. She her in, her inner thought was, I must become Jaeger. Oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's all from her perspective. So people are like gawking at that scene. It's like, it's so corny how this light's behind him. It's like, yo, this is from her own memory. So if that's how she sees um, Stacker, you know, with that golden ore around him, is because she looks up to the dude. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just based on her, you know, her, her impressions about that whole, that whole moment in her life. So, you know, if it plays out that way, it's a very visual movie. And you can, from that scene alone, you can tell with the colors and all that stuff too. It's 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 pretty amazing, and it's a very very good scene where they show her origin. Yeah. I also like the idea of how the two pilots that are needed to operate a Jaeger, they have to do this thing called uh, drifting, and not not the initial D kind. <laughs> and that to be able to work together, you know, their thoughts have to be in sync, and it usually requires a very close bond. So we see that. Um, in the prologue with uh, Raleigh and his brother, we see the Russian pilots who are husband and wife, the Chinese triplets who are all brothers, and uh, the Australian team who are father and son. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting dimension, you know, that you have these people who basically are new typing because, you know, this puts you in somebody's mind and you see everything they see, you feel everything that they feel, and it's a connection that's like so close and intimate that's so different from anything else that people normally experience in life yeah when um when raleigh brings up the fact that when his brother was torn from him you know the part of part of his brother's still inside of him because the fact that they were still drifting together when he got killed and so you know there's a kind of an after image of his brother inside of him which is which is really it's spooky but at the same time it, it, it helped to develop him as a character as well 
Which is also kind of creepy when you think about it, because what's that like to be alive and yet feel what it's like to die? Yeah. <laughs> and then have that feeling be your brother. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't that isn't that one of the questions we always saw, like in UC Gundam with, uh, you know, Armoro and Lala and all that? So, yeah, I mean, I guess it's the closest thing we have to, to that. So in, in, in this type of form. So mm-hmm. anything else, Chris, about the plot before we move over to Solbro? Uh, not for the moment. All right. Any any other plot points that Chris didn't mention, Solbro, that um, you were interested in or kind of stood out at you? Well, I know a lot of people complained about uh, Charlie Day playing uh, Doctor Newton Geisler. Um, they thought that's he was kind character. of hamming up. Yeah, that's that's, that's, a, that's a character, that's character not, a, but, not a plot point. But um, we'll, we'll get to characters. All right. Well, well damn. <laughs> we'll get to characters. <laughs> Um, outside of that, uh, I, I, Chris raised a lot of good plot points, so we'll just we'll move on to the next thing. Well, we won't yet because I'm just, uh, there's a couple that I that I noticed. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just going to reinforce. I, I know uh, Solbro had talked about, and both Chris had said the um, you know the quick synopsis that we have at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. and I think that with this type of movie, it had to be done this way because this was pretty much a one shot, and I think it did help. Um, you know, going with uh, that type of thing, because how many of these movies have we seen where, oh, this is humanity's last gasp, but it's really just an origin story or, you know, it's just the, it's just, we got to end up winning the first battle. So I like or that. Even then, a movie that's not about humanity's last stand, but a movie that assumes it'll have sequels and leaves things undone, exactly. like, say, John Carter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll certainly adapt these other uh, freaking Mars books. Sure. Yeah, no yeah. problem. Yeah. So in another lifetime, <laughs> I like that. Um, it, it is interesting that you talk about Mako and uh, or Mako, and um, that there is there is a connection between her and Raleigh, and and they do care for each other. And there's you know there is there is a little bit of humor when they first they go to the Hong Kong base, and you know there there is some uh, you know sexual tension when it comes to just physical attraction and stuff like that. But then. You know, it's just like Chris had said, where we have this kind of new typing thing where in Gundam, we always had it where people get to know each other, but not necessarily in the way that we always think of a love as like physical love or, or, or normal love that we can understand, but more on like a mental and a very uh, a soulful way. That's the same kind of thing that we get here because uh, there is a connection between them. You can pretty much I can pretty much say that. They love each other, but it's not like a love of what we always think of it. It's not romantic. It's not like, you know, at the end, no, everybody's got a kiss and, you know, we we won. Which is so good that they don't kiss. I was so glad to see that. As much as as I don't mind that in in a long form story, this is so like, you know, this is like the beginning chapter in their lives. So, you know, for for that, for them to to kiss would be kind of going a little a little overboard in, in, in regards to their characters. And actually, uh, Del Toro said in an interview that they shot three different versions of that scene, one of which was where they kissed, and he just thought doesn't work, so he went with what they went with. Yeah. yeah because, and I'm glad he did. Yeah, because you, you would think in this situation it's not going to be that that's not how you're going to end it. I mean, these people went through, you know, basically life and death with each other and had seen things, and um, the only other... Um, kind of plot points that i did like is i like the fact that you had um i know i think i called him general earlier but um you know there there's kind of um when it comes to the pan pacific forces it kind of seems like rank is not really a big thing it is but 
It's just like he's uh, – they call him Marshall, Stacker Pentagos. And all the, all the pilots were called Rangers, which I thought was very interesting because it's a lot different than what we, what we think of a Ranger when we think of it in our, um, you know, our real lifetimes. And uh, so I thought that was pretty interesting. And probably the last thing would be just the point where um, uh, the Jaeger the program's getting um, canceled, getting its last little bit of um, funding. Mm-hmm. And that's with the big uh, where stacker scenario is having to talk to all the um, all the representatives of all the different countries and having to hear all their little things. And, you know, seeing that even though this uh, doomsday apocalypse is about to happen or humanity can be um, wiped out, these politicians and stuff, they're still just worried about uh, funding and results that you know that they expect outside of the results that you get and not really realizing what's going on so i thought that was pretty interesting so uh but yes uh, that's good on the plot next thing we'll just go uh hit a little bit on some of the characters uh Solbro, just give us uh, some quick little things some of the ones that stand out most to you um i i i was a big fan of uh charlie day's character of uh newton geisler the doctor um both of them actually they were kind of over the top but um i he helped the save the day with uh with drifting into a kaiju brain that was a pretty uh a pretty interesting scene for the fact that um he didn't realize at the time that when you do that you not only um share information with the kaiju brain you send information to the other side which uh ron perlman's character um what's his name uh hannibal chow oh my god that guy was the man <laughs> when he made the realization that yeah you just gave information to the kaiju yeah. except and, that he and, pulled like the freaking sam jackson mm-hmm. of you know, don't stand and pontificate mm-hmm. in the background because then some monster is going to eat you. Exactly. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he did don't, get Sam Jackson. <laughs> don't ever do that. Always Not pontificate a- in the foreground, mm-hmm. away from the creatures or the water or the whatever. Mm-hmm. Aside from his character, uh, Herc Hansen was a character that I don't know if a lot of people would notice, but um, the father of the two Australian pilots, he was the shit, man. I, I didn't realize that this, the movie would be setting him up to end up being the uh, the, the heir apparent to uh, Stacker Pentecost's character, but uh, I was I enjoyed his character, all uh, all the scenes that he was in. Yeah, he was he was an Australian bro. He was he yeah, was the man. Like uh, Australia came through in this movie in a big way. His son was a his son was a real a real prick, but you know he he even came through in the end. But uh, Herc Hansen, man, one of my favorite characters in this movie but uh um, well his son was just the, that yeah. was your typical egotistical yeah. pilot like mm-hmm. you know and of course we see that when raleigh comes in it's like hey what are, you know we've been doing this for how long and, and you're bringing <laughs> you're bringing this this guy that got washed out and some woman that's never piloted so mm-hmm. you could see why he'd be like that true true and uh shout outs to clifton collins jr at this point i think he's played every race <laughs> All the movies he's in. In this one, he was playing uh, a Chinese American Jaeger technician uh, named Chendo Choi, and it was cool to see him in this movie. Um, be be the uh, be the guy behind the guy um, in the uh, in the operation room. But uh, outside of that, I, I enjoyed uh, Raleigh Beckett, um, Charlie Hunnam's character. I, I thought he was serviceable, and um, his character embodied a lot of main leads from different mecha animes as well. And um, of course, Neo talked about uh, Idris Elba earlier. Impeccable. Uh, his watching his character in this movie, 
And uh, Michael Mori is she didn't have a lot of lines, but in her actions um, mm-hmm. spoke a lot. So um, I, I, I thought she did her character justice and she was every bit as strong as um, as a lot of female characters are in, in anime and not in American movies. So it was good to see that um, and see she see her embody that character. Well, Chris, uh, any any what, what were some of the standout characters on your aspect? Of, well, of obviously, watching. of course, uh, Stacker Pentecost because yeah. Idris Elba just kicks ass at everything that he does. I mean, mm-hmm. that guy could just sit uh, by a fireside smoking a cigar, reading the yellow pages, and I'd be enthralled. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think what makes it um, really nice in this is because usually when we see Idris Elba in, in movies and in, in tele- American television and stuff, he's hiding the accent. Oh, yeah. And yeah. this one, it was like... I don't even know if I don't know if that's how he really speaks or if he was mm-hmm. overselling it or what. But I mean, that's he pretty. Just, that's 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 yeah. his regular voice. Pretty and the thing yeah. is, that was part of the reason he was picked up because yeah. Del Toro watched Luther and saw him in that, which he's great in, by the way. So mm-hmm. if you haven't seen Luther, which I have mentioned before, get on Netflix and watch that damn show right now. I recommend it as well. It's awesome. So he saw that, and I think to myself. Thank God they did not go with the original consideration of Tom Cruise for this role because that just would have changed this whole movie. Oh yeah, no, would have been bad. Not that I don't like, not that I don't like Tom Cruise, but goddamn, Idris Elba really makes this role. Yeah, thank God. I mean, I'd rather see the role go to Elba mainly because of the fact that you know he he's, he has a presence. Tom Cruise does too, but he would want more. He would want more command of the uh, of, of of screen time in the movie, and that too, it, it would have changed the dynamic of this film and, completely. And do and in every movie, does does some like white guy always have to be in charge exactly like can't we just have a little bit more diversity here and i'm glad that it was Idris Elba because he's not in the spotlight enough so that was good and uh you know mako i think really just makes this movie because you know she has such a good backstory of wanting to get revenge and you know she has that pain in her background and obviously raleigh does too he has this pain of having lost his brother but you know, this is the driving force of her life because she wants to be Jaeger. Yeah. <laughs> but she she does it. She doesn't yeah. fail like Setsuna. She becomes Jaeger. Indeed. Yeah. You know, any, and she proves everybody wrong. Yeah. Any uh, Anything else? Anyone else? Uh, yeah, well, this Chris? definitely is, It's not character, but uh, although you could say so because, you know, the Jaegers are sort of like characters mm-hmm. in and of themselves. But what you see throughout these battles, particularly the prologue and then the Hong Kong battle, it really gives you a sense of scale of these robots. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when you see that opening battle and the aftermath where you just got like this guy and his kid walking around in the Alaskan snow and then the gypsy danger just comes stumbling into the shot and mm-hmm. it just collapses onto mm-hmm. its knees right around them. It's like, damn, this is one gigantic robot. Yeah, tell me about yeah. it. When, when they're fighting in Hong Kong and they're just crashing through buildings. Hell, it's the yeah. scene where the, uh, the, the, the kaiju takes them into almost into the atmosphere. <laughs> and then they, they, they bust out the sword to destroy it. And then um, they have to make that landing and they have to land inside of that, that stadium. You could just you just the, the level of damage that's just laid out in this film is 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 pretty amazing. But it, it makes sense in the context of the film. And I uh, will admit that I freaked out when that kaiju started flying and yeah. dragging Gypsy Danger along. And, you know, then they unleash a sword. I was like, there's a sword, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Dude, dude, that was the, that was a big deal. The musical cue during that scene, too, when, when he broke out his wings and the, that monster movie music started playing, it's like, wow, this is, this is getting insane. And then and, there was a rocket punch mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, there was the whole, like, also giving you a sense of scale that Gypsy Danger is grabbing 
shipping containers and just you know <laughs> using them as sort of like uh, brass knuckles. Hell yes. <laughs> or of course, swinging a freaking ship around as a baseball bat. Absolutely, yeah, the, Louis, the Louisville Slugger technique. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which didn't really work that well. <laughs> I mean, it, it wasn't as effective as you thought it but would it be. But it looked, it looked, it cool looked impressive. Oh yeah, oh it looks cool as shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was satisfying. That's all I know. <laughs> I, I was satisfied by its effectiveness. Woo! So, any anything else with any characters, Chris? I do have to wonder though. Uh, since you, Sobro, had mentioned uh, Charlie Day before getting cut off by Neo, mm-hmm. can Charlie Day play any other character type other than Charlie from It's Always Sunny? Oh. <laughs> this is not a knock. I'm just curious because... Well, it, it's very interesting because I actually listened to an interview with Charlie Day, and he doesn't do... Um, he doesn't do uh, auditions. He basically says, you know, I'm I'm through with that process. Before he did, before he got um, it's always sunny. Um, he went on thousands of auditions and he just got tired of the process. So basically, he'll get jobs that are offered to him, and they want him to be pretty much Charlie Day. So for the most part, any movie you see him in, he's not really trying to to play anything else besides what he's in is in his comfort zone from his own admission. But um, they picked the right actor for that character. I think he I think he knocked it out the park. As that doctor, um, out of context, when you watch those clips, it's like, man, he's really hamming it up. But when they introduce him and you get used to his character, it, it fits the mold of the film. Well, it, it also goes uh, worth mentioning that on YouTube, there's a clip called It's Always Sunny in the Pacific Rim. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where they mix footage from Pacific Rim and uh, It's Always Sunny mm-hmm. with the opening credit style of It's Always Sunny. As if it were an episode called Charlie Builds a Giant Robot. It's awesome. <laughs> so if you've watched the show and you've seen the movie, watch that clip because it's hilarious. It's very funny. I, I, if anything, I, I could stop watching it when, I, when it first got it introduced to me. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else on any of the uh, characters, Chris? No. All right. And, yeah, I'm on my side when it comes to some of the characters. Um, you know, I agree with everything you talk about, Idrisel, but I think the one thing that also makes it it sells a lot better and it bring it's funny that you brought up you know Tom Cruise as the original thought is the fact that Idris Elba not only does he have presence when it comes to you know speaking and everything but the guy is a big guy mm-hmm. and you can see that he's a large person and and it gives you that kind of satisfaction and kind of that you know going saying oh this guy we know this guy is in charge but well, he carries he carries yeah. the authority yeah, I mean, it, n- not only just in what he's saying, but just how big he is. And, it's, you know, he's one of these guys where it's like, hey, you, you're going to mess with me and start getting nasty. I'm going to tell you what's up. And, you know, if you want to go toe to toe, we can do that. And, and that's kind of that's kind of the, the aura that he gives off in there. Well, especially and, like in that scene when when Raleigh mm-hmm. grabs him, and he's like, number one, don't ever touch me again. Number two, yeah. don't ever touch me again. <laughs> yeah, it's like, OK, sir. Understood. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And um, I'd have to say outside of that, you know, of course, um, I don't think too much can be said about Raleigh and Mako. But um, I know we talked a little bit about the scientists. I actually think that having both those guys, though, um, I like them more as the whole instead of one or the other, mm-hmm. because one's like, you know, you, you, you got to be careful. He's kind of like the straight man. And, you know, the other guy's like, oh, we got to, you know, stop doing what we're doing because this is the only way that we're going to beat him. And, you know, so it was kind of that was that was a nice little thing to see. And, and especially like after um, what is it? Charlie Day's character merges with the Kaiju and uh, the other doctor's like, you know, I, he's like he goes, he was just kind of surprised that it worked. 
worked. And then, uh, you know, and then of course they find out the revelation that, yeah, it worked, it looked, it worked a little bit too well. So, but, um, yeah, so pretty good along on the character front. And, um, I guess now we'll just kind of go into some, uh, you know, we haven't talked too much. We've, we've talked a little bit about it. I know Chris talked about it, but some of the action and, and some of the things that we liked and what we didn't like um, with uh, with uh, Pacific Rim. So I guess the first one here would be uh, Solbro. Uh, some other things, some of the action, because we do have the final Hong Kong battle that you guys talk about. But right. anything else that uh, kind of stood out for you? And, you know, that, that including uh, talking about the Jaegers and stuff. So definitely put them in there too some of your impressions and thoughts about them well um the definitely the 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 best set piece in that movie to me is the hong kong fight from start to finish we have the uh the russian jaeger Uh, it was called cherno alpha Mm -hmm. and um you also had the the chinese jaeger um they both go out there to take on the uh the kaiju and they just get their ass handed to them not only by one but two two kaijus uh once the the ape-like one shows up and just double teams the uh ch- d- the shit out of cherno alpha it's like man this is this is looking really grim <laughs> but just how that how the the brutality of that fight was was uh was just de- depicted on the screen was was really well done i, I gotta give it up to the to the uh, special effects team that worked on this movie because you can see every dollar on the screen when you watch this film without a doubt it, it had a high price tag the budget of this movie and it, it's clear where it went um outside of that the final scene um underwater where they go to the rift in order to uh to destroy it um it's it's a tearjerker a little bit because of the sacrifice that's made and um i really enjoyed how that played out it was it's definitely a send-up to uh to a lot of mecha anime especially with the pineapple salading that happens in that scene but um just just the way the scenes were orchestrated man it was it was just really very well you, directed you, you thought of uh, mecha anime at that point i had oh screamed God. independence day all <laughs> yeah, day yeah there are independence day moments in this movie too <laughs> no, no that, it, that scene without a doubt. independence day minus the g4 mac yeah so. but i mean a, a little bit uh, there's a, there's one moment that i didn't notice until i saw the movie the second time when i was in san diego um when when um stacker pentecost um blows up the, uh, him and uh him and the the young uh hansen chuck hansen they blow up their jaeger uh, right before they blow up uh, mako says i love you in japanese to her father like i i completely missed it when i watched it the first time but she says it in japanese they don't even subtitle it if you don't know japanese then you won't know what she's saying but she says i love you right before the his jaeger blows up and i knew I, that I one was... day all them years of watching that <laughs> mecha anime would pay off i was like wow that's really heartbreaking because you know she's she's really in pain because her her father's dying is going to die and uh, it's a pretty much a brutal situation for them and it's left on their shoulders in order to do the final task which is to destroy the rift now they know that not not that they know their way in so just the escalation of that is it's pretty it's something you see in um something like Independence Day where the the two crazy scientists figure out how to how the the aliens weakness and and then um no, it's up to I, the I'm people talking on the, the field the, to do that I'm but. talking the whole filming of that just reminding me of that like yeah. hey we're finally in oh let's set off the bomb you're not the only person who's made that co- that that, that um that that comparison but, but at yeah. least no stupid mac viruses were involved thank you this. thank yeah. you just 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 sweat and blood and tears and it was great well, i'm gonna upload the virus on this uh, <laughs> 1997 uh macintosh here yeah. 
that I figured out that infects these super advanced alien computers. I don't even know how they work, but I'm just going to use my little virusy thing and upload to the interwebs, and there we go. <laughs> it was, it was, I'm, not, I'm having trouble connecting to AOL. <laughs> I'm just glad this movie. I'm just glad let, this movie. Let me start. Wasn't... Let me start my uh, CompuServe disk here and upload this virus. <laughs> I, I don't know uh, what the password is for this uh, alien firewall. So I'm just going to type "let me in." I, I am. I'm so glad this movie was not directed by Roland Emmerich. That's all I have to say. But the set pieces were satisfying. Every last one of them. And I'll pass it back to Neil so that we can uh, we can talk more about it. Chris, um, anything on any of the action, Jaegers, Kaiju that's kind of stood out for you on this? Well, I definitely enjoyed the brutality of the start of the Hong Kong fight when you had the two kaiju appear because all of these pilots are only used to fighting one kaiju at a time and mm-hmm. each time they do they barely survive so having to fight two simultaneously is crazy i would have liked to have seen uh the russians and the chinese do more before they get taken down and maybe there's some deleted scenes on the blu-ray that extend that fight that they had to cut for time so i certainly hope so I'm hoping for that. So it would have been nice to also know a bit more about those two teams because they're just sort of there in the background and they get killed. So mm-hmm. I, I would have liked to have seen them do some more so that their deaths meant a little more. Yeah. 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 Because they're just they're just cannon fodder at that Basically. point. Yeah. The, the most you get to know about them is they're pretty much their body language and, and the things you see in the background of the movie um there's there's certain moments where you see the actual pilots in the background and they're doing certain things and you, you that's that's pretty much all you get to know they don't really have much dialogue save for the uh the russian woman and in the scene with her pilot in the Turner alpha and that's pretty much it yeah so anything else chris no yeah um you know i i, I actually got in a second you on that especially with uh the Cherno alpha because you know it was the older type it survived a lot of um uh, a lot of battles and it was very heavily armed and it did just seem like it just got its ass handed to it, um, you know, very quickly. And I mean, you, you kind of understood that those pilots and those uh, Kai, or those Jaegers were going to go. But um, uh, it was uh, definitely it would have been definitely nice to see a little, some some other things uh, more, uh, develop a little bit more there. Um, but I will say when it comes to the action, as much as, you know, that is the final battle, the Hong Kong action, I do like the opening battle with uh, Raleigh and his brother where, you know, they're just they're so you know, the Jaegers have been doing so well against the Kaiju because this is right before um, the, the Kaijus really start to adapt and really start putting it to the to the Jaegers. And I mean, they get the alert and they're like talking crap. You know, they got their fancy little uh, bomber jacket, matching bomber jackets on. <laughs> and, you know, and, 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 you know, of course, they disobey orders because um, one of the captains from the deadliest catch is out too far and, and mm-hmm. the uh, <laughs> and they're 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 worried about uh losing these guys at sea and it's like you know they of course they um disobey orders and go out where they shouldn't because they're supposed to stay toward shore and protect the city which i kind of didn't understand how um the sensors or the radar didn't pick that up uh <laughs> that was one thing to me that was like wait a second they got all this technology but yet they're telling stacker oh they moved out oh when did they do this well we don't know it's like oh okay that's kind of dumb but yeah, that that was pretty interesting, and I will second with Chris the brutality of all the fights. The fact that we have giant robots really fighting for the most point hand to hand, and uh, you know, really, um, you know, really kind of accentuated it because uh, we we don't have too many of these 
suits outside the what is it the striker eureka that has real long range weapons and i guess the gypsy danger with those plasma cannons but it takes a while for those things to charge up and stuff so that was pretty nice to see so uh guys um before we go into final impressions and ratings uh i know chris you had mentioned a few things that you weren't too happy with i kind of uh said a few on my own soul bro do you have anything that you wish uh could have been done a little differently or maybe when they if they do a sequel that you'd like to see um I, i've heard some rumbling about some rumors for the sequel but i won't get into that here uh i will say that i i i think the movie is good as as a standalone um if they if they did do a sequel i would welcome that maybe it could be a completely different concept um, right, right i'm not but, yeah but i'm really asking is there anything that uh, was in the movie that really you weren't because you were mostly you, you, you asked me about a sequel too so i was just covering that right off the bat but as for anything i wasn't satisfied with um just the fact that the other pilots didn't really have much uh uh verbiage you know didn't really get, get a lot of time on the screen to to express their personalities you know something with a if it was a longer form um series or something like that we'd probably get the chance to see that and i understand the reasoning why we didn't really get much from the other pilots but i would have liked to have seen more from the other pilots that's probably the the one take away I, I i would say about this movie okay chris uh anything that in addition to what you had said earlier um that you'd like to see happen or may, maybe something if they do do a sequel that you, maybe they could change up or outside of what you said well it does a lot of world building for mm-hmm. a movie that's barely over two hours so mm-hmm. for its flaws i'm a little more forgiving of it because it has so much to do in so short yeah. a time because there was never any guarantee of this movie's success or there being a sequel so you know i'm glad that it does as much as it does to tell its story but it definitely would be nice if there's a sequel to see you know even more about what these other teams do and uh get more background on them aside from just obviously your main team mm-hmm yeah. Okay. All right. And yeah, I'd, I'd I'd have to kind of agree with both both you guys on that. Uh, it it if there is one thing that is kind of lacking is the other pilots and you know especially with uh, the final deaths and stuff. It would have been would have given you a little bit more emotional attachment. So all right. Well, I guess we will go to final thoughts and ratings. Chris, we'll we'll go to you first. Uh, final thoughts and your Ratings on the MHQ scale uh, for Pacific Rim. Go see this movie if you haven't seen it. Uh, go see it again if you have seen it. Pre-order the Blu-ray. And also, for God's sakes, if you're one of these people who says that this movie is a ripoff of Evangelion, wow. shut the hell up. <laughs> you are a moron. Thank you. Thank and you. clearly you have not ever seen any other anime or any kaiju movies because little little bit of um, education for you. Kaiju movies and giant robot anime existed long, 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 long before Evangelion was ever shat upon the world. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, actually, I mean, if, if, if you're going to go that route, there's quite a few animes and one in particular that, an, uh, that Evangelion borrows heavily off of. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and I was I was sad to see even uh, Amanda Wynn Lee on her Facebook page say that pacific rim ripped off evangelion it's like oh come on why would you say that come on i like you don't don't say that (laughs) it's just ignorance man people don't want weren't willing to give the movie half a chance they're either calling it a evangelion ripoff or a transformers ripoff and and yeah and if you're all of these like um you know knuckle dragging troglodytes that are on twitter who are like it's just a ripoff of transformer hey idiots 
there are more robot series in this world than just Transformers. Exactly. Exactly. Please be aware of this. And, you know, any Gundam fan from the early 2000s can sympathize with, with my pain and the pain of this of, oh, that's that, that robot. Oh, that's a cool looking Transformer. It's a freaking Gundam, you moron. Oh, yeah. What's that Transformer's name? Is it, is it in, is it in the, the old cartoons, Optimus Prime? It's a Gundam. <laughs> it's not a Transformer. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so please, if you're an anime fan, this movie's not a ripoff of Evangelion. If you're not an anime fan, it's not a ripoff of Transformers. Mm-hmm. It is a love letter to all of these genres of mecha and kaiju. Please Absolutely. be aware of this. Absolutely. And please shut up again. <laughs> <laughs> and go see the movie so you can finally find out exactly what it is. Yes, like. Shut up and go see the movie. Thank yeah, I, I, always, I always find it funny with anime fans when they, they talk about something's a ripoff of something else. Rich had a, you know, Rich... Itself copies borrowed. things from... Yeah, I mean, Exactly. If I was to say this movie had a lot in common with something, it reminded me a little bit of Die Guard as I watched it. Only only because of certain raw elements. It's not a rip-off of Die Guard. It's just certain things about the movie reminded me of Die Guard. And, and Die Guard gets its, its, its inspiration from shows that preceded it. So, you know, other than that, you know, every, everything I've influences seen, everything. I've seen so many stupid things, like people doing their little teardowns, like, oh, uh, you know, Stacker has, uh, you know, like a father-daughter relationship with um, Mako, and uh, he he brings uh, Raleigh back in because he's in the pilot, which is just the same as Gendo and Ray and Shinji. It's like, oh, my God, no, wow. it's not. And so, so she's a clone then. <laughs> so because clearly you know a a guy having a uh protective surrogate father relationship with a young woman has never been done in any story anywhere other than evangelion right guys yeah exactly i i don't understand uh people's thing i mean and 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 again as neil pointed out ava ava had to be based on something as well yeah so you know do your homework before you open your mouth that's all i can say well, I would say do your homework and still don't open your mouth. <laughs> I, I, so, I, would, I would just say stop living in a bubble. I mean, there, mo- there's very rarely are you going to find something that's completely original, original. at this yeah. point. I mean, sorry, but most everything's kind of been done. So, <laughs> And, 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 and um, Guillermo del Toro also talked about when they were making this movie that he he – he wants influence from anime and, and kaiju movies, but they never want to discuss reference when they're making the movie. They don't want to say, well, this is from this and that's from that. They want inspiration, but they never want to like come out and cite exactly what they're being inspired from. They just, they, that's, so that's anything, for the I, fans to see and for the fans to decide. Exactly. It allows us to decipher what this movie's supposed to be like or what, 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 what it's anogalous to. So, you know, if, if anything, I, I, I appreciate that about the film, and it, it's up to us to interpret it whatever way we want to. So on a on a scale on the MHQ scale, I will give this um, five out of five stringer bells. And I will say in closing, mm-hmm. with all due respect to Lord Bay, I will say that as a live action mecha movie, Pacific mm-hmm. Rim outdoes all three of his Transformers. And it's raised the bar. So I hope he's uh, I hope he's up to the task to uh, make Transformers four on the level of this film and you're who are you talking about yeah he's on the task what do you think because <laughs> if you yeah, i mean let's just put a 
Hey man, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, hey. I'm, 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 I'm hoping him, I'm wishing well, all the best for him. Hey, he, 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 he dumped Goofla Boof, so he's got that working yeah. in his face. There you go. There and you go. Started it up with Transformers, so mm-hmm. there you go. May not be a Pacific Rim if there's no Transformers one. So, mm-hmm. but nice. Solbro, final thoughts and ratings of Pacific Rim. My final thoughts is this is an outstanding film, um, the blockbuster of the summer. When it comes down to the music, the direction, the visuals, um, all great. I, I, I can't encourage people to see this movie enough. Definitely go out there and check it out, whether it be a matinee or a full-time showing. I haven't seen it in 3D, so I can't speak for that. I heard it's kind of dark in 3D. So um, if anything... It is. Uh, uh, so if you see it in 3D... By then, the way, Solbro, a little mm-hmm. grammatical nitpick. Uh-huh. When you say you can't recommend enough for people to see it, it means I, you, can't you can't recommend, recommend enough for people it. to see yeah. it. So. My bad. That that is a yeah. common. That's a common foolish uh, statement. So I, I can only kind of like irregardless. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I recommend it so highly. I, I, out of all the movies you can see this summer, see this one. Um, if right you off the bat, only see one movie. Movie this summer. summer. <laughs> Go see this in um, a world where kaiju run free and robots fight them. <laughs> uh, going back to something that Neo had asked me earlier, I, I don't want to see a sequel to this more than I would like to see a um, an OVA series or something that would serve as a prequel to a uh, specific rim. Uh, uh, maybe maybe Did you say specific, specific rim? rim? Pacific rim. It's not like it says specific rim. Yes, yeah, is, is that the title? Is that the title of the OVA? Specific rim. Specific room. There you go. That we we we're, we're writing it out parody? right now. <laughs> I, I if I would love to see something that would either be an adaptation of Year Zero or um or or, or something that just that 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 fleshes out the five minutes of exposition that we got at the beginning of the movie into more of a an OVA series. I would love to see that, especially since Japan is actually uh, taken to this movie pretty well. So um, maybe we'll get something along the lines of that. Maybe we won't. But Japan's as for my rating... To it. What do you mean? At this time, uh, Japan hasn't seen this yet. No, but certain people, cer- certain people in Japan have seen it. And... Um, a lot of big time what? creators and whatnot. Hideo, have seen it Hideo Kojima, yeah, we know about that. Yeah, well, I, I'm just—he's not the only person who's seen it. But anyway, my rating uh, for this movie is five rocket punches out of five. All right. Well, and maybe uh, if it does well, we'll see specific rim. Indeed. <laughs> Unless that's done by Asylum, right? <laughs> that could, yes, that could be the Asylum <laughs> sequel, specific rim. And, 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 and if you go with that uh, Asylum, we're we're going to sue you because that's our. That's our title. <laughs> yeah, we copyrighted that first. We copyrighted that. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. My my uh, last thoughts of this is yeah, it really the movie couldn't do any more than what it did for you know what what was shown. Um, completely happy with it. Um, definitely uh, like the way that they did the pacing, uh, the the robot battles, the integration of the multinational cast, and actually for once. Uh, utilizing people that really aren't very well known, um, you know, so that that really worked out uh, to its advantage. And I, I think even even if um, you know, quote unquote, these people come cheaper, um, it's just the fact that they the casting was done very well. They, it, it seemed like um, you know most of these people fit what their character types are. And you know, it, after I saw this, if uh, Guillermo del Toro or the people that are involved with pacific rim especially on the technical side um i could i if they're involved i can definitely green light a mobile suit gundam movie probably more specifically like a gundam wing i think gundam i think if you did a gundam wing type uh, adaptation and it was done with this type of uh, cast and 
um, you know, all, all the kind of the parameters that they did. I, I think we could finally get the long-awaited hope and dream that everybody wants is the uh, live-action Gundam. So I would definitely sanction that. And uh, for my final rating uh, for Pacific Rim, i.e. Uh, the precursor to Specific Rim, um, I will give it <laughs> three pill-popping Stacker Pentecost, or I'm sorry, not three, five uh, pill-popping Stacker Pentecost out of five. So, guys, uh, anything before we go? I will throw in also seeing everyone walking around in those uh, awesome pilot suits makes me think, damn, I want to see someone make a good Mass Effect movie. Hmm. Yeah. That's- yeah, they were very Mass Effect looking. Whoever, uh, whoever whatever uh, group worked on the, um, the, the wardrobe in this movie, hopefully they'll be involved with that if they ever make one. They did a damn good job, I gotta say. But if you get a Mass Effect movie, the internet will be bitching to holy hell. So indeed, because they won't get it right. <laughs> but so hey, if if they cast Idris Elba as Captain Anderson, I'm down for that. There you go, Captain. In, in lieu of Keith David. There you go. Nope. If you can't nope. get Keith David, the next best thing is Idris Elba. Idris Elba. No Sign problem. Sign him up. All right. Well, that was our review of Pacific Rim, the long-awaited robot versus kaiju movie of the summer, directed by Guillermo del Toro. You're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. We'll be back. Podcasting is king. You are listening to Gundam at MAHQ. I can't believe Game and Morphin gave Gears of War 3 a 9.4. Ugh, those guys have rocks in their head. It clearly deserves at least a 9.6. Bro, why do you even care? Modern Warfare 3 is a far superior game in every way. You guys are still playing with your consoles? immerse yourself in true PC gaming. Are you sick of nerd ragers making you feel like your games don't matter? Or do you feel like professional game magazines have sold out and only cover major releases? Sure you are, so join us here at secondopiniongames.com and let us make your video game conversations fun again. Our main podcast focuses on all gaming news big and small. And don't forget our other podcasts where we talk about video game collecting, fighting games, the best games you never played, and other just mindless and mindful ramblings that entail what our main focus is. Let us be your first stop in Second Opinion. So stop by secondopiniongames.com. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is Not That Podcast www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, Let's go again. Hey, this is Stephanie Shea and you're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. 
Welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ, and we're going to jump into our second topic now, which is a discussion of the recently aired in Japan anime series Gargantia on the Verderous Planet. It was a 13-episode series that was produced by Production IG, directed by Kazuya Murata, and written by Gen Urobochi. So, starts off with your basic sort of space opera story. You have a young pilot named Leto. He's part of the Galactic Alliance, and they're fighting um, these aliens called the Hideyaos that are kind of seafood-looking. Mm-hmm. And there's a big, gigantic battle, and his commander, Krugel, tells him to pull back because they're retreating from the area, but he wants to keep fighting to, you know, get his stuff done. The ships start warping out, and uh, Leto gets caught up sort of in the backwash of that and blacks out. Mm-hmm. He then wakes up six months later and he finds himself on a planet that's completely covered with water on a ship that's full that's run down and full of primitive humans or rather primitive by his standards (laughs) and what he and uh, his robot ai chamber determine is that he's back on earth which humanity left behind long ago when it froze and uh, was just presumed to be lost But it indeed is not, and it's completely covered by water, and you have these fleets of people traveling around, scavenging up things from the ocean floor of the old civilization. Of course, you also have pirates attacking them and stealing things. And he's on a fleet called Gargantia, where he immediately kidnaps and then starts bonding with a young lass named Amy, forms a bond with her. So after screwing up, and vaporizing a bunch of pirates, he agrees to protect the fleet in exchange for staying there. So he slowly is starting to get adapted to life on Earth, which is very different from life in the Galactic Alliance, which is extremely, extremely socially Darwinist to the point that, you know, anyone who is sick or physically weak or who cannot contribute to the war effort against the Hideyaos is euthanized and eliminated. And the entire civilization is built around just fighting the Hideyaos. There's no concept of family. There's no concept of friends. None of these things. It's all, what can you bring to the war effort? And you fight until you are no longer able to fight, and then you're done. Disposed of. Yes, which is totally the opposite of the sort of very freewheeling, free-spirited communal atmosphere on Gargantia. And there's also a language barrier because the uh, people in Gargantia speak a very primitive version of the language he's used to. So initially, you have Chamber doing all the translating for him because he has no idea what the hell people are saying. And when he speaks to them, it's very rough. But over time, he starts to pick up their language. So a good half of the series is him slowly getting used to life on Earth and hanging out with Amy and her friends and interacting with people. But then he discovers that the Hideyaos are on Earth, underwater, and uh, that sets him off back on his mission of wanting to destroy them all. And he ends up going off with a very rash scavenger named Pinion who wants to get rich by scavenging advanced technology. They go on a mission because he will now destroy with Chambers Advanced Technology all of these uh, Hideyaos. And he goes into this underwater uh, complex and discovers some historical files and learns a very shocking secret, which is that uh, the Hideyaos are humans. And the way this worked out was that uh, way back in the day when Earth was on the verge of getting 
into another ice age and freezing, you had this advanced research complex where all these scientists were doing all of these things with no ethical or legal constraints, and they started to physically adapt humans for living in space. And this produced people of very different um, genetic structures and physical forms, and this was the birth of the Hideous. And you had people who were completely opposed to this and fought against them, and as they left Earth and went out and started fighting in space, thus was born the Alliance and the Hideous, and the Alliance has kept the secret ever since then. To make things even more confusing, right after that, a new fleet appears, led by Stryker, the robot belonging to Leto's commander, Kugel. Mm-hmm. And he tells him that he's been setting up, you know, a new society on Earth and he wants Leto's help. What Leto starts to see now because of his time on Earth is that Kugel has created a cult around him that worships Stryker. And he's just using this people as part of his cult. And now he wants to target Gargantia, which Leto is totally not down with. What he also discovers is that Kugel is actually dead, and it's just the AI striker going very far from its programming on its own. Tones. And, <laughs> yes, totally tones. <laughs> Having created this cult, so with the help of everyone in Gargantia, they fight off all of the cultists. Chamber uh, becomes a bro and sacrifices himself to... Uh, take down Stryker and save everyone and in the end um, Leto lives happily ever after with Amy and everyone else on Gargantia. Mm-hmm. So quite a bit of story to be packed into 13 episodes. So Nia, what were your thoughts on Gargantia? Well, um, you know, I came in this uh, very open-minded. Um, I had heard about a lot of you know, a lot of good buzz about this. Uh, first off, watching it, uh, just beautiful to, to watch. Um, production IG. So you, they always bring it. And what makes it even nicer is the fact that it's 13 episodes. So, uh, you know, there was probably a little bit more time, not as much time constraints, hopefully. Uh, and uh, it, it does show. Um, yeah, first thing is... Uh, you're, you're kind of getting into this. It's like, okay, typical faceless enemy monster, alien monsters fighting some galactic alliance, Earth alliance, whatever type of alliance it is. Um, and then, you know, uh, Leto gets trapped in that wormhole and then ends up on Earth. And yeah, from that point on, then it just kind of seems to become its own thing. Uh, very interesting to see. Uh, in that first half, uh, like Chris had stated, the way that he is trying to uh, at least just communicate with these people, because most shows like this, usually, even though it's the ancient world that humans came from, somehow they'd all be able to, to, to communicate with each other, no problem. Mm-hmm. But um, in this aspect, no. And he has to do it with through Chamber. And you, you just see how uh, these people are in awe of him. And in a lot of ways, he's in more awe of them than they are of him because of we find out that, you know, the Galactic Alliance, hey, um, they they took what Britannia did and jumped it up about. They put it to 11 because it's really bad there. Put it up to 11, huh? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A little spinal tap action. I see what you did there. Yeah. 
Well, it's better than my opening thing because I was like, oh, man, the guy's name is Leto. Is he 30 seconds from Mars? Ha ha. No. <laughs> I'll be here all week. Please try the, the Hideal or the whale squid. But I tell you, I just flew in from Houston, and boy, are my arms tired. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, very interesting and surprisingly as pretty and peaceful as it seems on uh, Gargantia – surprisingly violent out of out of just certain areas that that first thing it's like yeah um we're having these problems with these pirates and you got this <laughs> this this cool mecca maybe you could go and take care of them well they didn't realize that taking care of them you know it's like they thought they were just going to go rough them up no this was full-on um uh disintegration, disintegration. <laughs> yeah. i mean cremation yeah it would make even kiriyamato jealous yeah i mean th- th- they he he took him down, and you know that that was interesting to see. The only issue that I had with it is a lot of the people outside of probably Amy, um, and it, it, we do tend to get this a lot of times in shows like this. Is that as much as he was trying to understand them? Because there comes a point where he visits uh, Amy's sick brother, and you know, of course, in his world, he wouldn't be living, and you know, and stuff like that. Um, you, you never get the fact that any of the other people really try to understand this guy and a lot of the people in Gargantia, um, you know, outside of the old captain that ends up dying, um, you know, a lot of them just see him as, Hey, this is this guy with this awesome technology. Let's just use the shit out of him and help him protect us and do all this other stuff. But then, when he goes too far, we're just going to be, you know, complete dicks about it. So that was one of the well, things I kind of didn't that's like. That's the way it was at first because they don't yeah. know him and he's so weird. And, you know, yeah. I think a lot of them start to open up to him. The one who just sees him as a tool to be used for most of the series is Pinion. Pinion. Yeah, yeah, Pinion. Yeah, that freaking idiot. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What was it? Pinion of the sea, Great Sea. Yeah. Um, Got to say. The, oh, and Chris, you forgot to do the spoiler uh, from our legal department at the beginning of this. But yeah, the, the great <laughs> twist me. of finding out what the Hideao are. And they go into great lengths in that episode in a pretty short time to really give you a great uh, interpretation of what the hell happened. Mm-hmm. And you really get to see it is like it's you know genetic manipulation gone awry. I mean, this is where... Um, this is where know. Blue Cosmos would just love to. Oh yeah, yeah, but yeah, Blue Blue. <laughs> I mean, and and they this, lose their shiver coordinators. These the Hideous would would just they would all just die. They'd be mm-hmm. apoplectic. But you know what? Out of that little bit that we see, you can see more of the real the the, the hatred of the people in general than you did in a lot of the seed because. The, you know, this genetic manipulation, it caused these people to look different because they look like these weird plant squid things because they needed to adapt to going into space. Their, their theory was, we'll adapt ourselves to go into space because they're dying and all this stuff. And, yeah, it was pretty damn interesting. And I, you know, I wouldn't be opposed of like a spinoff movie or something like that where maybe they just show kind of a little bit about that because I just... Um, in the end, really wanted to know because it come to find out the Galactic Alliance higher up still kind of know that the Hideal, the, 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 the information's there that the Hideal are former humans or mm-hmm. are, are manipulated humans. So it's like, 
we're at this point, you know, and that, that was, that was kind of interesting to me. And yeah, then we have the, uh, of course, tome clutching time and, and it, and it, and it felt that way too. It's like, you're watching it, his, um, his commander's only appearing to him as a hologram outside of uh, Stryker, and he's saying, well, I got some bad disease, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, then they have the battle. Somehow Chamber rips the, the top of the cockpit off, and it's like, oh, he's dead, and he's been dead for a while. And then it's like, uh, then I was at a, then I didn't know what to do, because I was cheering for Chamber, but Chamber's a robot to beat the other robot that was trying to, I, I didn't know what to do at that point. So, <laughs> 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 Did you feel very confused? Well, I liked I liked I like how uh, Chamber uh ended it. Um uh, he just took both of them out. So that was nice and then of course you have the nice little cleanup where uh Leto finally uh accepts that I am not going home and um you know continues his life on Gargantia. So, yeah, definitely um for 13 episodes, I uh, was able to tell a very uh, pretty, pretty deep and, and uh, fruitful story. It's amazing that some shows take, you know, maybe 50 plus sometimes and they can't even have a coherent statement. But, hey, what do I know? Back to you, Chris. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. So, oh, man. So, bro, your thoughts on Gargantia, which man. you streamed yeah, to the I, peoples. I did. I, 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 I like to say I watched it with a group. <laughs> and shout out to everybody who watched the show with me man it was it was a fun romp we were we we're knocking out episodes as they were airing and we'd watch them in blocks but yeah uh i was warned about gargantia um after watching the first set of episodes that um people were complaining that it's like oh it's it's it wastes too much time on fan service and it's too slice of life and it's not the mecha driven series i was hoping it would be and it's like well you know i, I i'm all i'm all about slice of life personally and i'm all about a change of pace especially when it comes to formulaic so, things. So, sorry sorry so bro i didn't mean to interrupt but uh, uh-huh. did you tell these people that they're idiots because <laughs> um chamber was there most of the time yes yeah, there wasn't mecha crime happening every mm-hmm. episode but they were doing you know he was doing stuff and then he got independent and yeah. then there was the other mecha that they used that i mean i Whatever. Well, the biggest thing I was warned about is that there's an information dump somewhere towards the end of the series, and a lot of people it didn't sit with them. The well. twist. Yeah, the twist. And and to me, I equate it to a lot of things you would see out of '70s science fiction, where you find out the truth behind a, uh, a situation. Like uh, Soil and Green is like the biggest example I could bring up, where you find out that Soil and Green is people, where you find out that the Hidiyas were people too, and you know, of course, you knew this thing is coming. And when 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 the other shoe drops, you know you have to process that. And I love that the show does that to you, um, even though it's a little later in the series than I would I would have uh, expected to happen. Um, when it does, it's it's very impactful. Um, it kind of changes the dynamic the dynamic of of the struggle between uh, Leto and the Hideos almost on its ear, like right right at that point because he's stepping on them in inside of chamber at that time, and mm-hmm. and you start to feel. A little queasy when when he starts to, to when he when he when uh, after realizing this this whole this this whole plot twist, um, what really hammers it home in that scene is when he grabs the the female one that comes towards him, and uh, it's that guy's it. daughter. It's yeah. his daughter. <laughs> 
And then Chamber does the old Kadu squeeze. Ooh, oh, my yeah. God, man. Freaking uh, calamari for everybody. But, um, yeah, I, I like the pace of the show. It, it I, I would like to have seen that the last arc of the series have f- a few more episodes than what it did. But outside of that, I, I liked uh, Leto's development. I liked the fact that he um, had to learn the language, that he had to get used to his situation, that he, he was a, a stranger in a strange land, even though he was on Earth. He never knew Earth. He never grew up on Earth. And all he was That's was a... Chris. Was he uh-huh. an Englishman in King Arthur's court? There you go. Exactly. <laughs> just he, one, oh, one of the Soul Bro classics. <laughs> to see him develop from a, just a cog in the machine, becoming his own man... And and finding his own soul was it's a nice journey. That's the whole point of the show to me is his journey for the most part. You know, finding out that he's just not another uh, a cog in the machine. Hell, you find out or another that, brick in the wall. Another brick in the wall. I, I, and this is just my assumption, but I, I take it that oh, uh, people warning soul bro assumption. <laughs> people like Leto, he's a clone, right? Because when you see his commander, um, when you see the visage of his commander, it looks like an older version of Leto, basically. And it makes me wonder. Sort of. There's also uh-huh. that kid in the tube they keep flashing back to. It's like, yeah. is that his brother who also looks very much like him? And yeah. and if, if anything, I'm thinking that there's just a, a, a line of clone soldiers that um, the Galactic Force That I'm not making. sure about because uh, there was that whole thing of like, you know, oh, uh, you've at the beginning when Chamber's like, oh, you've put in like X number of hours of service and you can go chill on like the colony and, and go reproduce and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, got, I, I got the I got the I, I don't know if that's it might be a situation. It might be a of, character design similarity. Yeah, that, that, might be, that, that might be all it is. Or but, maybe because of the social Darwinism, yeah. the gene pool might be very interrelated. <laughs> Yeah, that too. you know that yeah. that that would be the thing because I would imagine we don't get to see it, but I would probably venture to say um, women in the Galactic Alliance are just baby making machines. I mean that that they, I would think. they call so much out of humanity that there's not a very broad genetic base. If yeah. you know they're doing things like euthanizing the weak and the sick, and you know prioritizing yeah. fighting, and you have to presume so many casualties yeah. against the Hideyos. The show the show takes advantage of uh of 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 people's um what's it called xenophobia right from the get go because it's so horrific to fight the hideyas at the beginning of the show that you're you're in Leto's corner when he says that I gotta kill all these bastards <laughs> and then when you find out the truth it's like oh my god I gotta like, sit no you, gotta you sit are and the think bastard about this. you are the bastard and it's like the 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 hunter. The, you find out how much of a monster the hunter them, him, himself is, and he has to wrestle with that. And I like how the show addresses that. Um, I, I also enjoy his interactions with the different characters. I I, I look at all the cast in the show as rejects from a uh, 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 from Studio Ghibli in a sense, because <laughs> he or Gurren Lagan or Gurren uh, Lagan. Um, it's kind of like a blend. Yoko's and, sister was and, in this and, one. She. Um... Exactly. What was her name? Bellows. 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 Hell yeah, man. Got, got, if Bellows and uh, Rackage. Those two characters, man. Mm-mm. <laughs> Delicious. But um, yeah, they, 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 all the characters and all the cast in the show had a lot of character, and I love the designs. I, 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 and the fact that their dynamic with Leto was was really special, and it, it, it's, it's, it's a heartwarming uh show. At least the the first 60 percent of it before you finally get thrusted into the final um the final arc of the series um 
I, I was okay with Pinion as a character. I, I think he's a knucklehead, but uh, he, he, he ended up pretty well <laughs> towards the end of the show. But, yeah, um, he made that all right, you know. He made all right with, with, with two women fighting over him. It, freaking Bellows and Rackage? Come on now. Or Luckage, whatever way you want to pronounce it. But um, I, I was a little sad that Amy, uh, the, I guess the main female in this series, in the, in the final arc, you didn't get to see much of her. Because Leto and the and the fleet had separated from the the main Gargantia fleet, so you, you, she was kind of left on the sidelines. You see her every once in a while, but there were whole episodes where she wouldn't show up, and you got really accustomed to her character. And I, I started to um, have Amy grow on me as well. So her her absence was was quite felt towards the end of the show. But um, I like the fact that she does you know play a part in the the, the final solution. Um, oh, the final solution! solution. Oh, my, oh my god! <laughs> He didn't what, mean that, folks. Final solution you are oh, speaking my. of. Nine, nine, nine. The final, the 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 final, uh, the final uh, set piece. But um, what was yeah, it? Choose your words very carefully, the, the, bro. I didn't even, I didn't even think of that. Oh my god! Oh my my god! No, no offense yeah, to anyone. Problem? I yeah. didn't mean that at all. But uh, yeah, uh, you're so crazy. My favorite character in this. <laughs> The Germans have shown up on Gundam. Yeah. Big dub in the house. There's the puppets for your monkey, Justin Bieber. Oh, my God. Uh, but my favorite character in this series, though, by, without without a doubt, is uh, is is none other than uh, Chamber. Chamber, by the fa- by, by by all means, is the greatest ro- robotic wingman. He he as as we discussed on the stream, he's a robo. <laughs> And he did his job well, and uh, the fact that even he, as a machine, developed as a character, I thought was was a nice touch towards the end, especially the very last shot of the show, where you see something very special. Which uh, I certainly hope that uh, if they do continue the show, that they uh, they find a uh, uh, they 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 bring Chamber back up. But um, yeah, for the for the most part, I I really kind of enjoyed the up, run. <laughs> there was there was a little bit of him left. <laughs> Um, I don't know if it's salvageable, but uh, if anything, the 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 mecha was still intact. So, um, who knows? Who knows if they ever do a follow up? But I was satisfied with what I got. And even though at the end of the uh, the the final arc kind of came fast and furious, I didn't really have a problem with it because all the previous fast and furious, fast and (laughs) wild. I didn't really have a problem with it because Leto's character, I, I think the episodes that they spent on developing him were well worth the time. And um, I, I really enjoyed the show as I watched it. But uh, back to you, Chris. Well, thank you for saying the same thing you just said five minutes ago. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> In case people didn't know. So I enjoyed the series a lot. It's very different from what I expected going in. It's very light on the mecha combat, which I know some people complained about, but... Mm-hmm. Good God, if you need to see mecha explosions every damn moment, go watch something else. Exactly. Yeah. Can't, can't we have something different every once in a while, people? No. Nice. <laughs> no. So I enjoyed that. There's a lot of little touches that they put into this show that really uh, help with the setting. Like at the beginning, when Leto's first on Earth, he's as white as milk. Yeah. And by the end of the series, you start to see that he's taken on a tan from the time he's been spending out in the sun with the people of Gargantia. And there's also the language barrier because, you know, when he speaks with Chamber, they're both speaking in Japanese. When all of the people of Gargantia speak to each other, they're speaking in Japanese, 
when he speaks to them at first, he's like, and they sound the same to him. And when he starts speaking their language to them, he's speaking very broken Japanese, like a non-native speaker. But then you start to see him improve and rely less on Chamber to the point that by the end of the series, he's just speaking normal Japanese to them, or rather whatever language it's supposed to represent. Mm-hmm. But it's just Japanese for the sake of the viewer. Yeah. So that was a nice touch. Um, I liked his relationship with uh, Amy because she was the first person he encountered, and they sort of had this bond, and also how through her brother, he started to see how like the system he came from was wrong because you know this kid is smart and you know he he loves building ships and you know he's a nice kid and he tells him very bluntly like in my world you wouldn't even exist yeah yeah that was pretty that that was that was a pretty big moment because he's just sitting there and you can tell he likes the kid and then and then the kid brings up something he's like yeah in my world you wouldn't be here and he's just the look on her brother's face is like, what? It's like, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you can't contribute, you ain't got no point in living. Rich is a very interesting thing because you think of like all the limited resources and everything they have on Gargantia. You would think that they would have that, you know, somewhat of that <laughs> mindset too because, but, but they, no, don't. they really don't. Yeah. And I like that it takes him a while to get used to yeah. how different life is because in essence he's an alien to them Mm -hmm. because he just comes from such a different society and he holds on to it and i like his debates with chamber because at first chamber's totally not down with any of what he's doing and chamber always like debates him logically but he always has a point Mm -hmm. in every argument he makes and you also see chamber start to grow beyond his programming but you know in a good way because Chambers a machine who's supposed to help his pilot achieve his mission, whatever that is. But he starts to see that there's more to that mission than just killing Hideos. And he sees that Leto has had to adapt to that situation. And he's totally not down with uh, Stryker going off her rocker the way she does. Yeah, absolutely. And I liked how, you know, he became a bro and stepped up because... Uh, <laughs> Leto went into uh, the overdrive and was going to die. And you think for a minute, like, maybe he, he is going to die to take down Stryker. But then Chamber's like, no, GTFO. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Just you've done enough. Out. You've done enough. It's, you know, I'm, I'm and I think, you know, you, you talk about uh, Chamber kind of real, you know, real have these realizations. It's almost like he had the realization of, like, I can't really have a life here. But this guy can. And his thing yeah. is always to support the pilot. So it almost goes back to his programming. To yeah, an in extent. the end, he fulfilled exactly what his programming was, which is to help the pilot succeed. Mm-hmm. And despite this show being 13 episodes, I like that we got some time for some other subplots, like uh, Pinion's background, where his brother was killed going into that uh, science complex, which was a uh, Hideo's nest. And, you know, the fear he felt at losing his brother and the rage he felt from that and the way he just sort of covers it up by trying to act like, you know, the big dog. Yeah. Right. Just being a rash, impulsive idiot. <laughs> I like um, the subplot about how uh, Ridget, who is the second in command of Gargantia to Fairlock, how, 
you know, she's very quickly forced to step up when he dies on her. And right. she's now the commander of Gargantia, which, you know, presumably she knew she was being groomed for, but was not expecting it yeah. to happen so quickly. Yeah, because she was the daughter of the previous captain, right? Uh, yeah. The previous yeah. Commodore, yeah. Yeah. And then also even things like, um, you know, I forgot his name, uh, the ship captain who goes off to make a new fleet with Pinion. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very quickly has buyer's remorse. <laughs> he but, sure does. <laughs> but then tries to keep things in order to counteract Pinion's stupidity. Flange is his name. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Flange. You know, he's not just some greedy bastard. You know, he wants to go off and, yeah, make money, but he's like, hey, let's not be stupid here. Let's, there's a smart way to do this, and you're being a freaking moron. Like, let's broadcast, yeah, don't broadcast to the entire world. Like, I'm Pinion of the Great Sea, and, you know, I have found the treasure of the ancients, and don't you dare come near me because I'll blast all you bastards. <laughs> His tune definitely changed, especially when the cult showed up. It's like, hey, you guys are part of this cult now. Mm-hmm. Let's let's start painting your face and get you a little gray robe and talking about how you can contribute and you know hey let's time let's time to dump all of the useless people into the oh, ocean which was a really a, creepy scene what a what a terrible terrible moment <laughs> but, but it's a great scene I mean it's, it's a great it's a, scene because mm-hmm. it shows how Leto has gone full circle because before yeah. in his world he wouldn't have flinched at that no. yeah. when he sees all those people willingly like. Um, yeah, sort of like going off into the carousel in Logan's Run. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. they think they're dying for something, but it's really for nothing. And yeah. just willingly go and get killed by being dumped into the water. He's just disgusted by it, as he should yeah. be. The first thing that comes to his mind is Bebel, uh, Amy's little yeah. brother. Yeah, and it's 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 seeing him being disposed of like that would be you know would drive him over the edge. So yeah, his disgust with it is is a very is a, is a huge turning moment for his character in the show. Now, some people did have uh, some complaints about. The fan service in this series, they did have back-to-back a fake beach episode to get everyone mm-hmm. in swimsuits. And then they had the barbecue, um, the uh, sort of festival, which had Amy and her friends doing all this uh, sexy dancing. And some people were bothered by that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't bothered by that because part of what they were doing there was showing uh, Leto's first exposure to sexuality and physical yeah. attraction which is something that he's not familiar with at all, living in such a martial, strictly defined world. What did bother me in that episode was um, the cross-dressers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because Japan, I know we've talked about this before, that you guys are kind of sexist and you're kind of behind on the issues about, you know, being gay and equality. But Mm -hmm. good God, guys, it's 2013. Having... uh, like really masculine men horribly dressed as women and looking like very obvious men mm. is really stereotypical and kind of unfortunate that you still yeah. do that. So yeah. that that was kind of a not cool moment. Not a good look at all. Not a good yeah, look. That, it's not funny. It wasn't I, funny 20 years ago. Still isn't funny now. And, you know, when it comes to the beach episode, they're on the freaking ocean. Like, it would kind of make sense that there would be, yeah. you know, some time like that. It's it's one thing if they were, like, living in the mountains, and it's like, hey, let's go to the beach, like a lot of these shows do. I mean, in this, that beach episode really didn't bother me too much. And then when it, they were doing the festival, it didn't bother me because it was exposing Leto to something that he's not used to. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's like, because that's what a lot of that stuff was, was, you know, just very alien things to him and it and it was pretty evident 
as we watch in these scenes, the focus is on him because he's sitting there kind of trying to, you know, uh, kind of process all this when for it's lack going of, on. So yeah, yeah. for lack of a better term, he's a fish out of water. So to see him get exposed to certain things is part of the journey of the show. And some people wanted to see that, I guess, move at a much faster pace than what it did. But I, I thought it was fine. Every episode he developed more and more as a person. And and that's that's the whole joy of watching the show is to see his growth. Yeah, could definitely do though without those those crushers oh, yeah. stereotype of you know ugly men dressed as women and all of these guys are always massive predators who will just tear to shreds any straight guy they come across. Yeah, that was exactly. that was a little weird, especially when they're like, um, "Hey, yeah, go get that soy sauce or whatever that was teriyaki sauce, whatever that whatever that sauce he had to go get." So yeah, I don't know. So that aside. You know, it's it's it is a detract a minor detraction because it's only you know for a few seconds in one episode, but uh, just one little minor blemish on an otherwise great show with really nice animation, uh, nice soundtrack. Uh, interesting little thing they do that uh, I don't know if you guys noticed um, in mm-hmm. the end credits when you see yes. Amy sailing oh, and yeah. uh, you see a boat and the sail, and while the credits are playing. The preview for the episode is displayed on the sail of the boat. Yeah, it projected on there. Yeah, yes. I, I noticed that. Pretty cool. Um, it's really nice. Well, it, so, it breaks it up. I mean, you get yeah. tired of like, oh, next time you know, on blah, song, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, song, song, song. Next time, you know. So, <laughs> I guess they decided to go outside the box on that one. But yeah, it, it, it was. It was. I didn't catch it on the first episode, but the second episode. When I when I saw that there, it's like, oh, that that must be a preview for the uh, the next step because that's new footage. Uh, and 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 sure enough, that was the story. By God, I was right. By God, so <laughs> brilliant. The story isn't quite over yet so far because there is uh, running in Japan a prequel manga about Bellows's background. So that's oh, something nice. that can be uh, checked out. Mm-hmm. There's also an OVA coming out on the uh, last Blu-ray, I believe that's sometime next month, and from I what, I, what I understand, it seems like it's just um, like a random side story and not yeah. so much like a continuation after the 13th episode, but we'll see soon enough, and uh, if there isn't any more of Gargantia, I'm happy with what we got. Yeah. Sure, the episode count could have been a little bit higher on that last arc, but I don't feel like it was massively rushed to the detriment of the show, as happens so many times with these 12 and 13 episode shows. So I think they managed to tell a great story in the time they had. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be quite honest. I, I don't know if doing anything longer with his commander and striker would have added anything else to the story. I mean, I guess you could have had a few more things, but I I was pretty good with it. I mean, it, it, I don't know. 13 episodes, other, it didn't bother me. I mean, There's some other ancillary things. You know, I'm glad that there was no understanding in this, uh, the end of this. Under, understanding. <laughs> no understanding. He's, he mentions that there might be in the future, but there's no magical understanding just because it's the end of the show. And since it really is not important to the story... I'm glad that we didn't have any cutback to the space battle because there's nothing important going on there. Nobody important that we care about there. So that's something that'll just keep going and will sort itself out one way or the other. The important story is that on Earth, you know, people found a way to coexist with the Hideous and just live their normal lives. Yep, absolutely. So definitely check out this series. Um, 
don't know if it's been licensed yet for U.S. release. I believe it might have been. So if it has been, then please pick it up because uh, it's a good series. And it, it has been. It was, it, was, it was licensed by Viz Media. Well, there you go. So mm-hmm. pick it up from them. And maybe if we're lucky, they'll uh, release the Bellows manga. There you go. I certainly hope so. I know you can watch uh, you can watch the show if you haven't seen it yet. You can watch it on Crunchyroll or um, other means. But uh, Crunchyroll is the way that uh, Gargantia is available to, to people who want to check it out. And I believe that will wrap things up. So let's close things out with ratings. Neil, what would you give this series on the MHQ scale? Uh, I would give it four crushed Hoodie Owl babies out of five. <laughs> Stepping on them, stepping on them like grapes at a vineyard. Yeah, and, and, and when, you, when you when you see this episode or when you see this show, you'll you'll see that that's uh, not not as much uh, to laugh at. It's a little bit more shocking than what you you would think. Yeah. So. Okay. And Solbro, what do you give this series? I would give it four super hot pirate babes out of five. All right. I will give it four carved hideous tooth flutes out of five. There you go. <laughs> the Ocarina of, of Hideos. Yes, the Ocarina of Hideos. <laughs> so that will wrap things up. We'll be right back. You're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. <laughs> you in the ass who that who will be you me i shot you yeah i mean I was, I was shooting that was i did a lot of shooting i mean but i i, I ain't saying i shot you in the ass i mean I, I ain't saying i didn't shoot you but damn somebody shot you in the ass tell me about it i thought they smelled bad on the outside on upcoming superhero movies scott i'm gonna punch you in the face why <laughs> Because there is another movie that we must discuss. Oh, what's that? Man of Steel. Oh, Man of Steel. Okay. Wait for someone to say that. Here's my thoughts on Man of Steel. It's Zack Snyder directing Kryptonian on Kryptonian violence. And as much as I'm annoyed that they're recycling a Superman villain we've already seen on screen, and that there are plenty of Superman villains we could talk about... But he was the best Superman villain. This is going to be the best Dragon Ball Z movie ever. I have no frame of reference for dra- for Dragon Ball Z. Please check our website at Get rid of everything that creates hate. Everything that helps make it grow. All right, everyone. This is Sil Bosby, and you've heard about judo, 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 Washington, judo in the junkyard, kids. Well, this fall on WSBR, they're gonna be coming to your home. Uh. Annoying pest! What are you looking at? <laughs> You're being mean, Judo! Why won't you play with me? Judo is under my control. Join Judo as they go against all the wackiness with the Mashima and the Junkyard guy, and you learn a little things in the end. That's it, this fall. Judo and the Junkyard kids on WSBR for your DVR favorites. Judo, you just watch. I'm gonna get you this time! 
End of discussion. Debate is over. You will write a formal apology. I will what? A formal apology. You will kowtow. You will step and fetch. Frank, if you think you can get me. Get used to it. It's the way of the world. If you're so hot on discipline, then gun damn it. Start by accepting mine. Because contrary to popular opinion, I'm the head in charge. Come on, let's get something to eat. You really think you bad, don't you? In come my head of the good old cons. In come my head of the good old cons. In come my head of the good old cons. Arrive upon the mountain just to see what we've done. Cutting my hair, cutting till the good old comes. I ain't over my eyes till we all are free. I ain't open my eyes till we all are free. I ain't open my Welcome back, everybody, to Gundam at MAHQ. You're, li- <laughs> You're listening to episode 128. And in this episode, we had a we had a ram banger. This episode, man, we reviewed um, the uh, the blockbuster uh, movie. What's a ram banger? A ram banger? That's uh, that's some street talk for you. We had a wild episode, and uh, in this episode, we reviewed uh, the motion picture Pacific Rim, not Specific Rim, as I said earlier, and also after that, we also reviewed the 13-episode anime series of Gargantia on the Virtuous Planet, and uh, before we wrap this episode up, we got a few questions in the mailbag that we're going to address. I'll turn the mic over to our Postmaster General himself, Chris. All right. Our first question comes from that bastard Momaru. Oh, long time listener. I, I won't forget what you did. Oh, you know, you know what you did. Oh man, was it Pundum? Yeah. Oh man, the scars are still there. <laughs> he says, "Hi, yous guys. Mm-hmm. Recently, I watched Five Star Stories. What do you three think about the OVA? Does Latios um, confuse you with his androgynous beauty? Poor Vords. I rather enjoyed." The anime and the rather genius casting of Ryo Horikawa, Lohengram slash Vegeta as Ladio Sop. I think Chris may have mentioned why no other episodes were made because Dagano was unsatisfied with the adaptation and led to the nearly single-handed endeavor of Gothic Maid. Uh, no, I did not say that. So, oh, please do not attribute <laughs> to me things I did not say. Damn you about Pundum. Yes, actually. So. I Nia, what did you think of uh, Five Star Stories, the OVA, briefly? Um, I thought it was good, and to be honest with you, I haven't seen it in a while, and I can't really remember too, too much. But, I mean, I, I thought it was, you know, um, it was enjoyable. And I, I know that we've actually discussed possibly doing it in the sometime near possible long-term future. Yes. <laughs> so, Sobro, your thoughts? Five star stories. Five star stories uh, is is a fun watch, man. Um, I, I yeah. Ladio Sop. I, that's the first time I ever saw kind of a a cross, not so much a cross dressing character, but a, a androgynous character in anime like that. Uh, way back in the day when I saw it when I was in high school. So I thought it was a girl all up to the point where uh, it was revealed that Ladios is a dude. So uh, if anything, that was that was an experience. But um, no, it, it's it's gorgeously animated, and I, I I always thought it was one of the better uh, mecha related movies or OVAs out there. Um, I recommend people to see it if you, if you have the chance to. A glorious '80s mecha animation, indeed. And yeah, it's it's a good one shot, even though it doesn't even cover all of the first volume. And it's a real shame that you know the entire series has not been animated because if it was done like this back in the '80s, oh, 
just oh, would have been nice, glorious. Yeah. I mean, but Nagano hasn't even finished the story now, so what do you expect? <laughs> and our next question comes from listener Anamalia, who says, Are there any plans to talk about the Magic Knight Ray Earth manga and anime? I could see us reviewing the show in the future, possibly. I haven't watched it in a while, but no reason why we can't. We've definitely talked about the uh, big other fantasy uh, mecha shows like Dunbine and Escaflone and even Broken Blade. So we should definitely hit up Ray Earth at some point, but not in the near future. My my wife owns the entire series on DVD, so I've got it at my fingertips. I can I can actually watch it. I guess we'll have to we'll have to put that on the uh, the docket for shows to review. <laughs> there you go. Next up, we have Nasty Nate, who says, "Did you fellows see the new clip for Eighth MS Team? What did you guys think? I think it's pretty cool, but it's lame how many shots the Zeon get on the Gundam and it does not die. Yet one shot with the same type of weapon kills them in one shot. Well." Uh, I have, in fact, reviewed it months ago, which you might have seen on the website called mahq.net, so you should go check that out. As to your complaint about the uh, Xeon shots on the Gundam's armor and the blah 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 have you ever watched Gundam Nasty Nate? Um, Specifically, have you ever watched Mobile Suit Gundam? (laughs) Gundams do not die. They have plot armor. And it's called Gundanium. I don't like it, but it's something that exists. It's called a lot of different things. Titanium, Gundanium, oh my god. Some some type of anium. Jesus Yamato anium? Indeed. Plot armor anium? Yes. (laughs) Plotanium. Amium? Yeah, it's, I don't know. We also have some questions from our Australian criminal Moolah Flagger who says, Hey, Gundam team, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to keep this shorter and simple if possible. Good luck. After your discussion <laughs> in episode 115 on editing slash censorship in mecha anime, I actually did think of one other small block of mecha anime, which was on the time Soboro Chris might be familiar with. Jim Terry's Force 5 block, which adapted these various shows. Star Avengers, a.k.a. Get a Robo G., Grandizer, a.k.a. UFO Robot Grandizer, Danguard Ace, and the original Guy King. I have only seen one VHS tape of the three episodes of Grandizer. It didn't seem heavily edited. Then again, I haven't seen the original Grandizer. There were small name changes. For instance, Duke Fleed is named Johnny slash Orion Quest, and Koji is named Lance. So have you guys had any experience with it? That's all, gentlemen. Later from Moo. In case you didn't know. I thought he was going to keep it short. Well, it's, it's not... 20 pages long so i guess that's okay. short Short for him okay there you go. and uh well this stuff was all before my time so no i've never seen any of this i know of it but i've never seen any of it i want to see it i've never seen them myself um I, I i i did hear that those got adapted but um i've, I've never seen uh. them. next we have yokozuna bulldozer who says hello mm. <laughs> number one Think of one secret trauma that one mecha pilot of your choice would have but was never revealed in the show they starred in. One example would be Ko Uraki having to eat carrots carved in the visage of Gato and Nina during his incarceration. (laughs) 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 I would like to picture for no reason whatsoever Camille being deathly afraid of rabbits. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be funny. Oh man, um, God, I'm trying to. Uh, I would like to see uh, Laurent, um endure gender confusion. 
<laughs> after being made he to cross dress all the time. <laughs> well, I, I think the gender confusion was on Gwen's part. It was, yeah. but uh, to see him suffer from it would be kind of comical as well. But yeah, Gwen, Gwen had some issues <laughs> that he needed to sort out. <laughs> I would actually like to see Armuro have a secret phobia of hair picks. So it would make him afraid to mess up his nice afro. There you go. Oh, man. Afro Sheen. <laughs> he should use I it. I did not think about that. I'm hey, sorry. I replace pick then Afro Sheen. Yeah. Afro Sheen, man. Blow out comb, man. Good stuff. Good stuff, man. Number two. What are some unseen collaborations you guys would like to see within the mecha genre in terms of creators? An example would be Toriyama being the lead character designer for a new show while Tamino takes a director role. Mm-hmm. I personally think Obari teaming up with Hirohiko Araki of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure fame will be awesome, giving birth to one of the most narcissistic-looking <laughs> mecha shows ever. <laughs> well, we know Sobro's answer already. I would love yeah. to see that. I would. So that, that's my vote right there. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw out a random crazy one. Eichiro uh, Oda of One Piece, let him do a Gundam show. Woo! That Why the be, hell not? That would be cool, man. Pirate Gundam. No. <laughs> Oh, wait, we already got crossbone. that. <laughs> he knows about pirates. Gomu Gomu Gundam, man. Let's go. <laughs> lazy Manimo, lazy Misamoto Gundam. That's, That's not honest. bad. That's not with, bad. Deal. With with the with those cra- with those crazy character designs. So mm-hmm. you'd have like you know the grandma and the grandpas and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Number three. Time for a little bit of hating for you three gents. Yay! Which mecha? Would you protest against and show so much hate like never before, complete with angry protesters, rotten food, pitchforks, and for what reason? Well, I think for me it's obvious. Any mecha that's been soiled by uh, Kyo Asuno and (laughs) for the reason simply because he exists and must die. (laughs) Peter. Peter. Peter! (laughs) I I, I would second that, but... um... God, what mecha I would protest? Hmm. Let me see. I'd protest the the strike the strike freedom because it's uh it's it's broken tier. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you can't use I, that I, man. I, it's I, too I, powerful, I, bro. <laughs> yeah, I could probably go with that one too. But then I guess you could probably you'd have to apply the same thing on the turn A. Mm-hmm. So I'd know. go as far as the protest everything exactly. <laughs> I, although out of the two, I'd, I'd, I'd protest the strike strike freedom first. <laughs> You know, the one I'd protest, Bolomok Saman. That thing was just so goddamn ugly. It was. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, there's some ugly stuff out there, but damn, that thing was just, I don't even know what that, I don't know what, what that, what somebody was smoking or drinking when they made that thing. Cause that thing is just, it's just awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He also says in closing, P.S. Jackie Gudelian was the all-American racer who later formed a racing team with Heinel mm. and the Cyber Formula OVAs, making sure Heinel's creations crash and burn during almost every race. I probably would, too, considering he's the only one in the race circuit driving a super speed motorcycle with training wheels on the sides amongst a legion of race cars. Oh, yeah, that's right. I haven't seen that. Show. It makes me want to watch that show again. <laughs> Damn, yeah. Cyber Formula. Great stuff. Oh, oh guys, we got a long one here. All right. Uh, it's from Anomalia, who says, I just finished watching Gundam Age, and I wanted to add some thoughts. Mm-hmm. Some thoughts Number or questions? <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> Number one, 
Despite Keo talking about how people should be able to understand each other, he never actually tries to understand anyone. Holy Otherwise, God. he could point out stuff like how when one's country has people dying by the truckload, it's stupid to try to not try to negotiate a peace with your enemy and instead focus on revenge. Mm, point taken. Number two. <laughs> I think a lot of the plot could have been resolved if the series had been longer slash less rushed. Some examples. 2A. One line of Zahart's in the penultimate episode about if my cause is no good, then what have I spent all this time fighting for could mean that the reason he went along with Ezelkant's madness is because to not do so, he would have to admit that he had wasted all of his life up to that point. But other than that, one line, we never get any sign of that being the reason. 2B, the scene where Flit finally put aside his vengeance should have been handled differently. While his hatred remains, he should still acknowledge the fact that his vengeful actions are for himself and not for the people he failed to protect. And this then leads to him realizing that to either fire the missile or let the Vagan civilians die would make him the same as the people he hates. Flit would then save the Vagans, not because he forgives them, but because it's the right thing to do. Exactly. In case you haven't guessed by now, I think that unlike the Federation in Gundam Seed, who are supposed to be unsympathetic by design, the Vagans are clearly supposed to be sympathetic, but as you pointed out, the execution is lacking. Hence why I'm making some of the points I am. 2C, and this is the last one, I think that Asamu and Zahart's final fight should have been longer. That way we can have it be established that while Asamu has become a much better pilot, Zahart's far superior suit makes him essentially equal. With Zahart's mental breakdown giving Asamu a slight edge that he can slowly take advantage of and use to win the fight. The fight being longer would help ensure there is enough time to show that Asamu gets a chance to show us how far his skills have come and just why he is a super pilot. Sorry about the length. I wanted to get this all down at once. Well, you'll at least get your final point there because the OVA retelling expands the final battle between the two of them. So there is that. Mm-hmm. And we get to review it. Oh, yay. <laughs> just, just, just saying. Good times. Not, not, not excited? <laughs> Moving on, we have a comment from Shinigam Newtype who says, this isn't a question, just a comment. Sobro seems to get a lot of jabs from the other hosts of Gundam, and as it would seem, a few listeners. I realize these comments are in jest, but I just think it's important for him to remember that he has at least one listener who enjoys his input and quick sense of humor, and let me add that you're by far my favorite host. Keep up the excellent editing. Well, thank you, sir. But there's more. Uh Uh-oh. He says, only Sobro should read the comment below. I've done what you asked, Sobro. Now please let my kittens go. (laughs) Damn. You got trolled on your own compliment. (laughs) Man gave you a compliment and then trolled you at the same time. Oh, no. Who who is this person? Who is this poster? Shinigami New Type. I I toast to you, son. (laughs) I toast to you, sir. That is an amazing, amazing troll. (laughs) Yes, it is. Kitten apocalypse canceled. (laughs) You'll you'll get them back in the mail. poke holes in them i mean Uh, in the boxes we'll see we'll see (laughs) next we have some questions from gunham 420 who says given the design of his uniform do you think it's possible that captain otto was once a titans officer wow no i i don't think so i mean just because he wears a dark uniform doesn't mean anything Hmm. we've seen bright and dark uniforms as well and he was never part of the the tetons I it makes that, you, I think it was just the layover. That was the one cool thing about the Titans. They're like, yeah, these guys suck, but 
damn, they knew how to dress. Boy, did they ever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I don't think so either, but um, it makes you wonder who, who serves in the Federation after that point that used to be well, in the Titans. You, you have to assume that most of the Titans either got vaporized by Grips 2 or were court-martialed mm-hmm. afterwards. <laughs> Because they're bad PR and the Federation wouldn't want to keep them around. That's true. Says, this question's for Sobro. What's your favorite of the Mega Man and Mega Man X series? Oh, that's easy. Um, that's a good Mega Anime question. Oh, boy. Uh, Mega Man 3 is my favorite, although Mega Man 2 has a special place in my heart of the Mega Man series. And uh, Mega Man X, the first one, is my favorite out of all of them. All right. He also asks... Is it just me, or do the mecha designs in Advance of Zeta feel really out of place in the era of Universal Century that it's yes. set in? <laughs> Can I finish the question? Sorry, sorry, sorry. I just... So I, 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 <laughs> go for it. Sorry. I'm not saying they're bad designs, but a lot of them look like they belong in a completely different universe. Mm-hmm. Do you guys feel this way about any other bubble suits? I definitely do agree that they... Well, they started off okay. Mm-hmm. You had some things like the prototype Hyzok and all of that stuff. But then it started getting kind of funky where it's like every damn suit in Zeta had some prototype version that the Titans were messing around with earlier, including a prototype Marisai, which made no sense at all because the Marisai was originally made for the Aug in Zeta and then mm-hmm. given to the Titans to appease them. So why would Aug make a prototype Marisai for the Titans first? Yeah. Don't make any sense, and then as the, it goes on and on, you get away from like the early Hazel, which is a really cool looking design, even though it's basically just a GM Quell with a Gundam head, mm-hmm. and you start getting into crazy stuff like the TR6 Wound Wart that looks nowhere near at all like it belongs in the Zeta universe. It looks like a totally different universe. So, yeah, they really went really far off the. Uh, off the um, line there so mm-hmm. I don't know what they were thinking with some of these psychopathic designs but they are some of them are ugly and some of them don't look at all like pre-Zeta yeah I, I guess the only thing I could think is just because all of its prototypes and you know maybe they're just doing things to just see what we, what can be done with uh, the technology that I guess that kind of makes a little sense but yeah I mean some of them do look like they are way out of you know, like you said, a, a different universe, but it doesn't bother me too, too much because I, I think of it in that aspect. You know, I think about like, you know, probably after World War II when they started doing like jet airplanes and stuff, they were doing some crazy designs. So, you know, yeah, but some of these are so far out yeah. there. It's like oh, they don't even they don't oh, even have like even the slightest resemblance to anything at all from the Zeta or pre Zeta oh, era. I understand that. I'm, I'm just saying it doesn't I it, I agree with you, but it doesn't bother me as much because that's kind of the context I put it in. I'm like, oh, maybe, but whatever. So beans. Soul bro. <laughs> um, I, 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 I agree with you on, uh, I, I, although I stepped all over you the last time I agree with you on advanced Zeta. Um, as for, do I feel about this way about other mobile suits? I actually turn to uh Zeta Gundam because I always look at the Zeta itself even though uh, there's other designs from Nagano uh, throughout the series, the Zeta kind of stands out. It kind of looks like it's from a different, it should be from a different show. <laughs> it kind of looks like it should be from uh, L game more than it should look like it's, it should exist in the, um, in the Gundam universe. I'm glad it does exist in the universal century, but I don't think there's been a Gundam that's looked like the Zeta ever since it's come out. So it, to me, it stands out as a, as a suit that 
kind of looks like it belongs in a different show almost. But uh, that's just my impression. Mm, All right. And he also says, this one's for Neo. Which mecha Mm. pilot do you think could potentially be a star in Michael Bay's next film? Oh, shoot. Um, Well, all the hot shots. Uh, Roy Foker, you know. (laughs) Um, Mula Flaga. um, Who else? Jameel Neat. Mm -hmm. I mean... I could just go on for days. Slugger, Slugger Law. He'd become a he'd become a mecha pilot. Um, how about how about how about Kamina from uh, Gurren Lagann? Oh yeah, hell yeah, yeah. He he could be in there. Um, what about uh, what about Ozma? Does he count? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You could you could have him in there. Mm-hmm. Just no whinies. No, you know, <laughs> no 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 Koaraki. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, definitely um, Judo and the Junkyard Kids. Hell yeah, I, I could see that in there. Um, you know, who else? Um, I'm drawing blanks right now. Um, but most all cool pilots that I like could be in uh, Surbet's next film. Yeah. Definitely. What about a man who is considered the most dangerous? Who's that? The man who is considered the most dangerous. I'm blanking right now. What are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you're trying to tell me something, but right now is just not a good time. I'm having an issue. Sure. Here, so. Shar? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely Shar. Yeah. No, uh, most dangerous might be initialized as MD. Oh, oh, oh no! Oh, oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> Moving to the top of the list, right? <laughs> Sir Bay, green lit, cola death force. $300 million budget. Oh, no. I had to, you had to dig that out of the recesses yeah, I, of both I our would, minds. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry about that. Because we were not even on the same plane of reality on that <laughs> with that character. No, that just though. broke reality, I think. That, Ooh, that's indeed. good, though. Yeah. Oh. Shattered. <laughs> oh, Jericho. Can you imagine Jericho in Hell a freaking yes. Michael Bay movie? Blow up all of the things. Yeah. Most, <laughs> the most American. <laughs> awesome. He also says, what are the most surprising instances of voice actors being cast in certain roles for you? For me, it was finding out that Guy from Gal Gygar and Angelo Salper from Unicorn both share the same voice actor, Michael Santerniklas. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I mean, it's it's not a lot of choices in uh, mecha anime surprise me when it comes to the voice actors being casted because a lot of the times it's either Brad Swale or... Um, or um, Oh, that's freaking uh, Slurpy Spike or um, Johnny Young Bosch. I'm trying to think of a a, a selection that stands out. Um, oh, that guy that was in all those damn um, all those. You remember the uh, the ADV ones? The mm-hmm. guy that was uh, what's this? Uh, oh yeah, freaking uh, Shinji. The lead, no, the lead in um, Full Metal Panic. That guy. Oh that yeah. Voice. Uh, I don't I, know who the hell that guy is, but like all of those old ADV films, that guy was always the freaking lead. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I forget his name, um, but I know you talk okay, about. Yeah. What about Vic? What about Vic? <laughs> no, I, know this, about Vic. I, know, I know that that's hey, Chris's favorite choice. Chicken sandwiches, <laughs> and I'll be doing my Christian service in the morning. Is is Vic all of a sudden? Uh, what's his name? John Lovitz. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the ticket. <laughs> oh no. Sure. Anyway, Solbro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for what? For uh, voice actors? Uh, I can't really. Um, outside of what Neil named, uh, 
there's really most of the time and most of the most of the shows matt hill maybe to hear matt hill he's a canadian voice actor that uh was the voice of uh, atherin exactly (laughs) for those who don't know he's the voice of kira i'm so sorry i like matt hill i've always liked him since roman warriors (laughs) so um yeah he's very canadian but when he does show up in a in a in a in in, in a, mech, a work of uh of mecha anime, it's 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 always good to hear him. So, um, I'll throw that hat into the ring. Y- you know what's a surprise? Mm-hmm. Hearing Brad Swale in every Gundam series. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> no, you know you know what's an actual surprise is mm-hmm. um, I'll throw this one out here. David K as Clank in the Ratchet and Clank games <laughs> and upcoming movie because it's such a different role for the guy who has been uh megatron trays optimus and so many other characters oh, yeah professor x even that too mm-hmm. so very unaffected role but one that he does very well and most recently can be heard as jarvis in avengers assemble oh oh wow i did not know that holy shit and was interviewed a few months ago on chaos theater so goes into that episode indeed crossover Yes. Uh, two more questions here from him. What are your thoughts on the mech designs of Valvrave? I have not seen Valvrave or really paid much attention to the mecha, so I have no comment. I can't comment on it either. I have yet to watch it. Neil? Uh, no, I agree. I agree with you guys. Same here. Haven't seen it. No comment. All right. And lastly, he says, I keep hearing about how in the novel, the turn A is more broken than it already was. Abilities include its moonlight butterfly at full power being able to extend from the Earth to Jupiter. Wow. It can teleport anywhere. It can warp beam shots like in a mobile suit cockpit, etc. Is there any truth or evidence to this, seeing as how the novels will never be officially translated? Well, how would you expect us to know that? <laughs> I don't read Japanese. I can't tell you that. Yeah, I don't know these things. Yeah, but it it sounds awful cool, man. It is that's definitely broken tier, most definitely. <laughs> so if it can do all that shit, maybe one day we'll find out if uh, somebody fan translates it. But uh, I can't trust that either. So we're almost done. We have um, Anomalia saying this might be a dumb question, mm-hmm. or if those do not exist, this might be pretty damn close. <laughs> but is this for the is this the reason for the Australians equals criminals joke the fact that australia was originally founded as a penal colony for debtors no no not at all <laughs> no of course not no. yeah yeah well w- one of said criminals uh mm-hmm. chose to chime in that being vent noir and said not just <laughs> debtors transportation was the punishment for a wide range of crimes ranging from petty theft to highway robbery and murder Ooh. So these criminals want you to know that they're in there for some hardcore shit, not just, you know, yeah. not paying like their debts. So v- vacation with caution. That, that's that's their motto and that's the that's the travel bureau's motto in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if you survive the trip it's time served. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Mecton GM says, Candyland question for you guys. Uh-oh. After reading the Tamino Gundam novel trilogy, I was wondering what Western authors would you have write a Gundam novel and what would it be about? Oh, that's easy. Mm-hmm. I would have one Gundam. I would have a girl Gundam. And then she meets a boy Gundam who actually is like sucks energy out of her. And then she meets another boy, boy Gundam who turns into a wolf. It'd be Twilight <laughs> Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> 
And it is written by Stephanie Meyer. Yes. Yes. Oh, terrible. That are are the Hunger Games. Okay, so... (laughs) One... A girl Gundam. She moves to a new colony. She meets a boy Gundam who's got a little bit different about him. Stop. 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 Soul bro. Soul bro. (laughs) All right. Um, I would love to see... um, Don't say the guy from... Do not say the guy from uh, Game of Thrones. Um, No. Okay, good. (laughs) I didn't want to hear that. I I would like to see either a a Gundam novel written by Peter David or... um, uh, J- Michael J. Straczynski, um, and see his see pretty much their take. I wouldn't really set a premise. I would just like to see kind of an American spin on on a mobile mobile suit Gundam story, um, whether it be an original concept or an adaptation, but more so an original concept. I'd like to see them uh, have have a, have a shot at that and see how it turns out. I would like to see William Gibson write a crazy mind bending cyberpunk Gundam story. Wow. You, you shoot for the bleaches. I mean, you're aiming for the aiming for the rafters, man. That's awesome. What um, what about the guy that did the Da Vinci Code? I'd like to see a Gundam in the Vatican, no. trying to solve a crime. <laughs> Vatican Gundams. <laughs> All right. Um, our next question, our last question, comes from a guy named Robo Lizard Two Two Two, who I think Neo might want to be suspicious of. I am. Because his avatar is a robo-lizard, and it says destroy the competition. There you go. Mm -hmm. Let's clutch those domes. On the list. Yes. (laughs) So he says, the other day I watched Grave of the Fireflies and realized that I actually still have some human feelings left inside. (laughs) It did make me wonder, though, what moments in mecha shows actually got you guys to tear up? Also, Sobro can't say when Emma died, and Chris can't say when he finally stopped watching Age. <laughs> Those wow. are just a joy, though. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was that was actually he's like oh, I survived. Um, I had the same so, tears. Sobro, a moment for you. I will say um, when Uso's mother lost her head. <laughs> um, I I stopped watching <laughs> Victory for two weeks. Because of that, and that really broke me up. Um, outside of that, the 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 final set piece for Victory is is really emotional. It is so emotional. Um, it, that's a tough watch, man. I I love that show, but Jesus Christ, <laughs> that's that's that's, the, that's the top of my list right there. All right, and Neo, hmm, actually had me tear up. Uh, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think real quick. Uh, Victory's just bad in general. Victory is just like it doesn't make you tear up; it just makes you hate life. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's a little bit different. Hmm. What's one that I really? Uh... Well, you keep thinking. I'll throw yeah. one out. Okay. Well, one that gets me every time is uh, Bernie's video at the end of Double O Eighty. Oh Thanks. shit! Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And another one, uh, just because it was so manly and awesome in its execution the death of kamina in the best eight episode anime ever <laughs> um i can't remember the character's name but remember the dude that soshi was supposed to marry in turn a gundam oh, oh uh, gavin yeah. goonie gavin yeah. goonie that that <laughs> one broke me up because that series is is more so there's not a lot of death in that show it was just to put that on the died. table but he's one of the few people that died and and pretty badly too so um and the fact that she's just there crying, you know, is she in her wedding dress? 
She yeah. cries later in her wedding. She well, gets in, a, in her wedding in dress, dress and then starts crying. That's right. And it's like that just it plays for a real heartfelt scene that um, I couldn't help but get a little misty for. Oh, I got one. Mm-hmm. When Slagger bit it. Oh, that was, that was, that was bad because he was. <laughs> well, which way him biting it? Is, is it the TV series or um, the movie? Or the movie, because it's kind of worse in the TV series. Mm-hmm. It's a lot worse in the TV series. I think that's the one. Because in the, yeah, the movie, it's it's not as it's not as heartfelt with with this whole thing with uh, Mirai, and um, and then of course there was a a death that I liked, but then it got shatted on move a flog up blocking blocking the beam. Oh, but yeah. Um, yeah, but if you remove helmets, that that reincarnates people. <laughs> And just give him, just give him uh, some scars here and there on yeah, his pretty it, face. Yeah, well, it's just you know, it's that, that's all he needs. That's all. That's all it works. <laughs> Anything else from anyone to add? Well, it didn't make me cry, but it, it made me happy with tears uh, when you know Lelouch was in the back of the cart. <laughs> the the- <laughs> <laughs> that does that does remind me of Shirley's death. Then uh, Shirley's death in, in Code Gears. I would say is is a real tearjerker right there. That's that's some tough stuff, and you know that Suzaku did it, right? You know he did it. Yeah, <laughs> that one. I don't know if it's a tearjerker, but it's definitely an emotional moment. And we're also, back. while we're along those same lines, uh, Euphemia's death because yes, it's it was such an avoidable tragedy, mm-hmm. <laughs> just from Lelouch being stupid and opening his mouth, and you kind of feel that sorrow a- along with him, and it just adds to it when he shoots her and he's like, "You may have been my first love." Like, oh, that's just adding some, even just some more salt to the wound. Oh, and shoot. I can't believe none of us have said this. Mm-hmm. Roy. Roy, yeah. Roy, I yeah. Guess. He was my first. He was my first. I, I got to say. First. It was, it was, was your first. first. He was my <laughs> first. When it comes to death and anime, uh, he was the first death I ever witnessed. And I was, I was as an eight. Are you, are you one of Claudia's many <laughs> black family members that we didn't know about? Is, yeah, you actually. Is your last name Solo actually Grant? Grant? <laughs> Roy, Roy, Roy likes to keep it in the family, apparently. But no, um, <laughs> when it comes to seeing a character die in a show, especially one as beloved as Roy, that and that is that's a, a child. That's a, that's a that double. One is, that's is a, a double one, one too, because mm-hmm. you see him when he collapses, and then the next episode they like got him laid out in that bed and stuff. That hospital. No, the same episode. Same, or is it the same end, episode? At the very end. Yeah. So yeah, it's. Yeah, that's that's bad, man. I was I, I couldn't believe it when I watched it as a kid. I couldn't believe I I didn't oh, yeah. believe it. I was traumatized to hell. And, and then one they the, go one mm-hmm. of the few things the freaking Harmony Gold left in. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go and kill Kakizaki or Ben the next episode. So I was like, yo, what is the show on? I couldn't. I was I was. They're supposed up. to eject. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't they watched GI Joe? <laughs> a steak. <laughs> Tough times, man. Tough times. <laughs> All right. So with that, we will wrap up the mailbag. Please be sure to send more questions on the Mecha Talk thread. And of course, you can also submit voicemails, which we don't have any right now. And that's our voicemail line 305-792-8324. So drop your question there. Make sure you keep it short and specify which podcast it's for. Absolutely. And uh, thank you very much, Chris, man. It was a rousing mailbag. Uh, any last thoughts, fellas, before we wrap this episode up? I uh, just was wondering, what's the target date for Specific Rim? Uh, <laughs> 2015 or 2016? 2015's pretty, uh, pretty full because you got Avengers and Star yeah. Wars and, World's and Finest. Batman versus Superman yeah. and, yeah. you know. Oh, boy. Okay. All these other uh, crazy movies. Maybe, okay. next, maybe next month. <laughs> 
we gotta keep these movies coming. We gotta keep them coming. But no, uh, specifically, well, it could be next month if you make your pitch to Asylum tomorrow because they you know they what? make a movie in what like two days over there. They already li- <laughs> they already listened to the show and they're hard at work. Probably. <laughs> I want my check in the mail. <laughs> well, we we want checks too because we heard you saying it and we we caught it. There we go. All all five cents. <laughs> residuals but um any any other thoughts fellas before we wrap this up no no well all right definitely peep these websites head on over where the magic happens mahq.net that's the mecca and anime headquarters also make sure you visit gundam.net the official website for the gundam at mahq podcast and where you can download and find information on this episode and our entire back catalog join in on the conversation at mechatalk.net Net, where you can also find official forums for Gundam, where you can submit questions, topics, and reply to anything that we said in this episode. All other links for Gundam at MAHQ can be found at about.me Gundam. There you will find links to us on iTunes, Facebook, YouTube, and our other media facets. After listening to Gundam, the next podcast you should be listening to is Chaos Theater, MAHQ's other podcast that focuses on other facets of nerddom, hosted by the webmaster of MAHQ himself, Chris Guanche, and everybody's favorite pedal bear of the South, Pedro Cortez. Listen to them at chaostheater.blogspot.com. Shinjuku Station also has a podcast that focuses on fighting games called Fighters Ready, hosted by Gundam's own Sobro Ryu and his co-host Nick the Stampede. Fight your way on over to fightersready.net where you can download episodes and join in on the conversation. And that's it for Gundam at MAHQ. We'll see you guys next time. Speaking of the robots, they're called Jaegers in this film. They're called Jaegers, which they tell you means, uh, is in German, means hunter. Yes. So, of course, we brought out our bottle of Jägermeister. Mm. And if you didn't know, Jägermeister means master hunter in German, hence the picture of, of the, the deer. So let's have a shot of this alcohol beverage. I think a fun drinking game for the Pacific Rim movie is every time they say the word Jäger, you take a shot of Jäger. You'll be drunk within the first five minutes. You'll be dead. You'll be dead by the end of the movie. So caution, please don't play said drinking game. Said drinking game was not authorized by Red Letter Media Incorporated. Mm. At MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. Yeah, well, I appreciate that the designs of the robots weren't too crazy. Um, there was only one where it was a Japanese robot, I think, and there were three operators because it had three arms. Right. And one of the arms, the hand turned into spinning blades, or you know, it was a little, but it wasn't like, I can't tell what's happening. Right, ah, right. What's happening? And they don't have an endless supply of weapons and things they can do. The most exciting part of the movie is when they realize that they have a sword. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they say, fuck, let's use the sword. I don't know what, what it is that's missing from this. I think, I think as far as audiences go and watching this movie, it's, it's the, the reasons why it's not doing really great. Uh, one is because Grown Ups 2 came out in theaters and everyone has to see that. If you got your choice, you go see Grown Ups 2. <laughs> but I think a lot of it might be big dumb fatigue. 
Possibly, because you look at this movie and it looks, it, it, not that it's an intelligent movie, but it's its intelligently made and it's a lot of fun. But I think people look at it and they say, oh, it's like another Transformers movie. Yeah, or a Battleship. Yeah, or a Battleship similar type things, movie. Creatures in the ocean, aliens in the ocean that are smashing things and, yeah. and they go, oh, I don't want to watch that. And people are so accustomed to dumb, to big dumb that they, they might stray away from this. Yeah. And it's called Pacific Rim. Yeah, the title doesn't really tell you what it is. You know, Transformers, well, I recognize that title, obviously. You know what they should have called this movie? What? Grown Ups 2. <laughs>